That's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The current yeah. commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> no, god damn it. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Oh, Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like. Don't touch my records. Ever. What's up, guys, and welcome to Hot Takes. I am Young Shiro, and this is... Uh, skeleton Lipstick. Skeleton Lipstick. Welcome to the show. Got some regulars in the chat. We got Zodicus, Karamazov, Saturn Foo, Luxury Elite, Indie Advent. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being such regular, faithful uh, participants. We got uh, some new people, Sunset Waves. What's up, Corbin? Uh, Corbin. A couple other new people I'm very excited to see. Um, just want to thank everybody for tuning in and welcome you back to our regularly scheduled Vaporwave talk show. Um, and uh, just want to thank everyone who's a regular. And just ask, if you like hot takes, drop a link in your Discord server. Post it on Facebook. Tweet about it. It would mean so much more than you could possibly imagine to just get the word out and get more people in chat live right now. Um, as always, keep us in the loop if anything is too loud or too quiet. Um, wow, um, we got lots of new subscribers and viewers. Welcome, guys. Um, we got a hell of a show for you tonight. We've got a very, very acclaimed artist, uh, both musician and visual artist, Lunitas, joining us. Uh, we met her, had some people that actually had put in our um, uh, uh, anonymous uh, submission form that they wanted some visual artists, and you're absolutely right. Visual artists are just as important as the, the musicians. So we heard what you said. And we got one of the preeminent artists in the scene to join us tonight. So, anyways, keep us in the loop about audio levels. And uh, if anybody has a question, of course, sound off in the chat. I'm going to start us off tonight with some recommendations. Chris is going to roll in after that with a hot take. And then, in a few minutes after that, we're going to introduce our special guest tonight, Lunitas. Um, so, I had to actually I had to narrow it down to three uh, recommendations wow, because great. I have really no, been no. yeah man I've been I've been on the crate oh, digging, digging lately. Um, you've been digging. I have. Nice. I'm a little late to the game, but I just want to I just want to shout out a uh, acclaimed uh, compilation that I was probably the last person in the entire scene to hear. Uh, Doom Mix Volume Five, featuring oh, yeah, isn't that phenomenal? I finally listened to it, featuring it's our great. own Luxury Elite, our own Mesh. Eyeliner, Vaporer, of course, people we would love to have on the show, and lots and lots of other, I believe Fire Tools, our own Fire Tools was on Do Mix well, Volume Mesh 5. Mesh was on the show as well, obviously, too, yeah. Lots and, uh, of... I, honest, and Lux, I've got a lot of people, actually. And some future guests, Vaporer and Eyeliner. <clears throat> um, anyways, if you haven't heard oh, Do Mix Volume 5, you got to listen to it. It's just the right length, beautiful artwork, uh, a beautiful mixture of all kinds of different Vaporwave yeah. and Vapor-adjacent music. Uh and so that is my one compilation yeah. recommendation. I'm going to follow all, that up. All phenomenal, all phenomenal artists on that compilation. I'm glad you all co-signed. Good, all, all good friends of us. Um, and, you know, look forward, look, uh, look forward to the next Doom Mix uh, volume when that comes out. You know, I'm looking forward to that. Shout out, Zach Emerson. Um, uh, 
Looking forward to it, especially because I'll I'll be on it as well. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's a that's a must hear. I've got a song on the on the next uh, Doom Mix compilation. You heard it here, Skeleton Lipstick, Doom Mix Volume Six. Get it. Um, next recommendation is uh, a uh, new album that came out from Sewer Slut. Um, Sewer Slut does not make vaporwave music, but she's kind of known for vapor adjacent breakcore, kind of similar to Sierra Mist. Some of May She Smiles. Shout out Sierra Mist. Um, if y'all have not heard Schizophrenia Simulation by Sewer Slut and you like breakcore, you need Great to hear album. it now. It's, sure. It goes dumbo hard. Like, I cannot stop listening. Possibly one of my favorite artists I've discovered in the entire last five years right there. Wow. Gotta hear Schizophrenia Simulation. Um, last recommendation, a song that's actually playing in the background right now. Vapor's Saccharin Synergy. Saccharin Synergy. It's not a new album. It's been out for a minute. But... Honestly, I swear to God, Jeff gets better and better every single album. And he's all over the place. One of the most talented (laughs) DJs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, really, for real. He just sort of like any type of um, situation you put him into and any type of uh, format that he's going to need to DJ in technology-wise, like he just figures it out right away and does a phenomenal job at it. Unbelievably skilled individual all over the place as far as sound mixing, juke, footwork, um... I like to I like to liken it as unto a uh, Kirby video game original soundtrack. Ooh. If Kirby listened to nothing but like Jersey, what do they call it? Jersey um, Jersey Club, I believe it's called. Just like that footwork oh. type music. Um, if you <laughs> haven't heard Sacker and Synergy, it's short, but it's very very good. Uh, definitely recommend. Um, and that is it for oh no with the ghetto house. No, we're not going there. Ooh. We'll wait until we get Vape Bearer on here to have that conversation. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till we have Jeff on here. Yes, yeah, exactly. yes, hopefully sooner rather than later. So yeah, check out those three albums. Solid material. It, it, it's never a matter of whether we want to have people on. It's a matter of there's only, you know, we have to go step by step. You know what I mean? One True. person at a time. And there's always a right time for everybody to come on. Some people were saving, you know, till later bring on and uh you know we'll get to we'll get to all you guys and as i mentioned to um somebody was in my dms chat and my my friends otherwise yeah go ahead i mentioned on twitter somebody mentioned they really really wanted to be on the show and i said uh if you fuck with us we fuck with you so you're on the list it's a long list but you're on it I fuck with everybody in in the uh in the scene and the adjacent scenes so working on all of you Hell you yeah. know, the only thing that makes it tough is I actually haven't figured out uh, how to coordinate with the people in other countries yet. You know what I mean? That's actually the, the biggest, the biggest just, hurdle is going to be for us. And I believe I mentioned to like, you a couple people yeah, because, that are OGs in the scene who have agreed to be on the show. But uh, it's the middle of the night for them, so we're going to have to figure that out. Hard, hard. You know, there's like yeah. so many people, obviously, across the country, across the world that we want to get on and that want to be on and we really want to talk to. And we're <laughs> still, still working that one out. We'll, st- we'll, we'll figure it out. Hell yeah. Actually. Well, good thing Vectroid, George Clanton, and Blink Banshee are all on the uh, Western Hemisphere. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just saying. That's true, just saying. All right, man, you got a hot take for us tonight? Sure. Um, okay. So I think this is a I think this is a subject that we've actually probably never discussed on here. And I kinda like to get the opinion of um, specifically our guest tonight and then also anybody in the chat who has an opinion on this. And that is I think that one qu- thing we've talked about a lot is you know the sample-based vaporwave uh, first um, vaporwave that's you know that's composed with instruments. But I think that another thing worth talking about is what about stuff that's controlled that's composed with instruments 
that are, you know, actual gear and um, stuff that's composed with software sense. Is there a big difference? Is there a problem with that? Does one sound better than the other? You know what I mean? Does, does stuff by, you know, say Allison or some of those other artists of that ilk who are composing with, um, or, or Navigator, or those people who are composing Hell yeah, with Navigator. synthesizers, are they, is this, is this, is this, uh, is there something, does that make them, does that make the music better? Does that make, does that add something to it or not? You know, if you ask me, good question. if you ask me, it's case to case. You know what I mean? It's case to case sort of thing. I, it really depends on the way the artist is either using the software synth or if they're or the way that they're using the uh, instruments. I think sometimes people use the instruments and then they clean them up so much or they process them so much that there's really not much of a difference, and you really can't hear the crackles or hear the uh, the uh, the incorrect, you know, the slightly incorrect notes when they play. And then I think that. There are times when people use the software synthesizers, and if they, you know, strive to make them not sound flat, then they sound perfectly fine. There's no difference whatsoever. I will tell you that I mostly use hardware myself, Very and cool. um, it's mostly and and I can sit here and wax all day long about the te technical feel to it and the um, idea of the different synthesizers being infused with a different energy. You know, because one of the things I do like to do is have synthesizers from different eras, and I like to write with different synthesizers from different eras. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you right now, that I do a lot of this because I make most of my music on a laptop, so I just don't have a lot of memory. And when I record directly into the computer, it just saves memory for me. Um, and I do, ha I, ha I do have Serum. I use Serum occasionally for synthesizers that I couldn't otherwise, sounds I couldn't otherwise hear, particularly in the real world. I will, I will use Serum for that. And honestly, I might use Serum more often if I just had more memory, and then I wouldn't maybe use the synthesizers as much as much as often. But I don't know. Like, is is there that big of a difference? Like, for me, it does feel like there is. I think it's definitely I, a case by case basis. You're absolutely right. But I think right. it's a case by case basis. And honestly, to tell you the truth, like I don't know. Since I've been doing it with, with mostly gear for right, since I started, I'm not sure if I could write as well with the software synthesizers and i think that sometimes people who are very gear centric maybe you know maybe have uh, a feeling that this is better than the software synths i don't know you know let's get uh, some opinions from people yeah uh, anybody in the chat whether, whether, it, whether in the whether in the year 2021 you know whether in the year 2021 if this makes as much of a difference anymore right. i mean it was maybe a more hotly contested thing in the early 2010s but maybe it's not as much anymore. I'm not sure. You know, technology well, I, improves all the time. Sounds read, change all the time. Have Have you read that in the 80s, when people like Jan Hammer and Thomas Dolby were making electronic scores instead of orchestral or acoustic scores, people were flipping out and hated it. Really? Early on, huh. they were like, "This isn't real." You know, you're not. You know, well, what are you doing? Where is all the the orchestral sounds that we're accustomed to? You can't just do all that with yes. a synth and a computer. But yeah, it's. It's normal yeah. now. I see. I, it's, I, yeah, I see. I see the device operator in the set talking about um, about the simulations of classic synths. That's a very one, good point. That's a great point. You're right. Is yeah. well, if we have these simulations of the synths, like, do we really need to to use the actual ones? And the answer is, yeah, probably not. You know what I mean? If you're like a slick producer, then not only are you already using sounds that are similar to the ones on the synthesizers, but you know, you're probably adding other things to it to fatten them up and be doing some sort of parallel compression to make them sound even bigger, maybe make them sound even bigger than the original synths themselves. Right. Um, but 
on the other hand, there is no denying that there's something rather unique and special about working with like an instrument that's had to be put together and mm-hmm. filled with gears and has all kinds of circuitry that are glued inside of it and nothing can ever be completely the same no synthesizer can ever be fully completely the same no matter how how much you you regulate that so like there's still like some kind of weird soul in there right you right. know what i mean and that is kind of cool yeah, the you know, tactile is kind of fun. There, there is there is kind of a weird magic to that and there is kind of a weird magic to actually taking that synthesizer and forcing it into you know a mixer and the computer and just dealing with uh you know the limitations of that but you know for sure i think that absolutely Devi- you know device operator is correct like yeah you just use the vsts i don't know let's Very bring cool. on uh let's bring yeah on i house. actually had a comment on one of our youtube videos that uh our intros are too long <laughs> so uh let's bring on the person of the uh, hour. our intros probably are too long <laughs> you know what it's, only been ten- it's been 12 it's minutes, gonna be okay you know, Hey man, it's been twelve. Look, dude, it's been twelve minutes for a hot take and introduction, and then I have no problem with this. It was. I was just like, hey, (laughs) let's bring on Lunitas. Let's bring on Lunitas. Lunitas, we're super excited to have you here. Go ahead and unmute yourself, and let me take down this TV static. What's up? Hello, I'm unmuted. You are unmuted. Yes. I've gotten you boosted a little bit, so chat, let us know if uh, Lunitas is too loud, too quiet, or perfect. What do so, you think about what Chris had to say just now? Well, for for first thing, really quick, I want to get to that, but let's just for those of you who don't know, this is Lunitas. Oh yes, yeah, so uh, one of the most phenomenal um, original artists in this scene and in general, in my opinion. Let's let's like divorce Thank ourselves you. from just vaporwave in general, but one absolutely of very extremely unique artistic vision. And you may have seen their work on uh, you know covers for albums by Pop Culture, Cat System Corp, Limousine, and a host of other artists. Oh yeah, uh, and it's. Uh, it's uh, it's an extremely distinct style. Cat System and, uh, Corp. Oh uh, yeah, Dan Mason obviously. Just all over uh, the place. I, does it? I, it doesn't. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. And uh, you know, extremely unique style. If we could possibly drop an Instagram link in there, maybe at least oh, right yeah. now. Lux. I mean, I'm pretty sure most people obviously already familiar with the work with his, with, with with their work. But um, if you're not familiar with their work, please check it out right now. Oh yeah. Um, Iconic. It's it's it's, it's, it's visionary. Oh, it's 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 visionary. I don't know epic. what you would call it, 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 but you know a Lunitas piece when you see it. Yeah, but why don't we? Uh, okay, so let's get back to I guess. The hot well, take. thank you for now, that intro. I, I know now. I know Lunitas uh, because I follow you know what they do on all their on all their social media. So I know that they have uh, a, an interesting array of different types of samplers and gear. And I mean, I enjoy working with samplers and gear myself. I am not as good at working with software synthesizers as I am with that, with that, with these. So, what's your opinion right now? What, how do you feel about a preference towards software or or hardware? I think I agree with you. I think it's a very case by case because you know, I, I guess some people can't afford these things, and it's a lot easier yeah, to get access. That I thought of. of course, via VST. Absolutely. So I can understand why you know a lot of people head towards that direction, but. At the same time, I, I feel like, I personally, I just I don't think there's a more gratifying way of interacting with music as it is as you know turning a knob for yourself and owning a piece of gear and it's like it's, it's like it's alive you know what I mean and mm-hmm. for I, uh, I, I, for people that aren't uh, viewing if uh, you're listening and there is a Moog sticker I believe just off to the corner of Lunidus's uh, yeah it's it's the your turntable isn't it. 
Yeah. So that's very cool. I have a mug right here too. Cle- oh no way! Clearly you are. Oh look at there! To to people that cannot see, there is a beautiful oh, scent, a beautiful scent. That yep. That's, uh, just that's the, uh, is that the is that the MG right there? It's the matriarch. Yeah. Oh. I love it. Oh, nice. Okay. That's such a cool fucking name. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Litos as well. Is this can be an accessibility issue? You know what I mean? Obviously, because it is expensive to get synthesizers, and I can say that like accruing my synthesizers has been like a long, sort of like continuing process of getting a few, selling a few, um, going on eBay to find deals when they're available, or you know, for like things that are maybe used that just need to be repaired a little bit, or you know, thrift stores. It takes a long time to procure them, but yeah, I agree. They're I have a good, they're really fun. Um, I saw the device operator saying that the uh, the racks are fun too, and I'm like, yeah, actually, most of my synthesizers are racks because they end up being cheaper, you know, and they end up taking less spots on my table. Like, you know, I'm I'm looking at my uh, JB1080 over here and my D550 over here, and and the EX800 on top of it, and then yeah, it's a lot easier sometimes when there are all these racks. You can just store more, and then you just plug in your MIDI keyboard. But case by case basis for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Same with modular, you know, which Ooh. I know that a lot of people find, find it super interesting. And the moment they dive in and spend like thousands of dollars, it, they immediately, you know, jump out because it, it I got some turns out being too much. And, right. you know, there's Looks already terrifying. like digital modular stuff that you have access to and learn yeah. about it even before you like spend all this money. And I, I, I don't know. Again, case by case, not every everybody well can have it. Modular, the modular world is an interesting world because the thing about the modular stuff is like, I would say like 70% of people who get into modular, really heavily into the modular stuff. Right. I swear to God, they don't even really make that much music. It's more <laughs> like the, F, it's, no, they really don't. It's more like, like just jam sessions. Like, I, it's, more like, it's more like creating a really big game of mousetrap, like where all, this, where all the things work oh, together. Wait, and, like, you can, what do they call those? They're at the beginning of every else. 80s movie. Rube well, Goldberg just, machine. There you go. So, yeah, it's like a it's very a big Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. machine. Um, there's a lot of people <laughs> I know who have spent thousands of dollars on modular equipment, and they really actually don't really perform or record that often. They just enjoy the process of creating the modulars. Right. And they don't have uh, a lot of other yeah, and they actually don't have a lot of other synths. Like, they don't have a lot of standard um, you know, orb contemporary uh, synthesizers that they work with. They mostly, they're like modular. They're like modular people are like a whole other breed. It's very interesting. There's a lot of people, obviously, who make some very interesting music with modular. I'm thinking one of my favorite artists of all time, Bewilderbeast, who you guys Oh, yeah, out shout out Bewilderbeast. Shout That's out Bewilderbeast. classic Beast. artist uh, right there. Uh, yeah, classic, one of the original uh, Airlines Records recording artists. And now, yeah. I know I know he used a lot of modular synths on some of his tracks, particularly, I think, on the second and third album. So, made some of the most amazing songs ever with some modular tracks. But, you know, there are definitely a lot I of people. I want to say who Autograph just, and Dahlia Fables do modular stuff. Yeah. At so, least I yeah. think they do. Oh, but, uh, that yeah, shit looks way too world. confusing. But anyway, anyway, enough of this. Um, <laughs> I got a question. Uh, I got a question for Lunitas. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, that's a great question. I I like <laughs> I like songs that immediately like bring the crowd up and they like help right. me. So right. like I like to sing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody because I know I'm just gonna have backup singers no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone's that. gonna get involved. <laughs> it's a community just, thing. Yeah, and that just makes it more easier for me because. 
I don't know, it's more people on the stage, you know, less attention on me. But when uh -huh. I do want all the attention on me, I do like to go with Rock Lobster by the Beef. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Something about that, so that song just like pumps Imagine me up, and my voice, is, my voice is pretty low too, so I can really go to like those. That's true. Really lower get, really get uh, Fred's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a lot of fun. I think uh, wow. I think my go-to is usually probably Saturday Love or Hearsay, or maybe like Don't Disturb This Groove. Just depends on what I'm Ooh, feeling. Good one. What about you, Chris? My go-to karaoke song. Mm -hmm. Oh um, shoot! I answered this before too. What did I say? A really good one. Um, I'm gonna just gonna go with the Warrior right now. The Warrior, very cool. Shooting at the walls of Harding. Bang good bang! I am the Warrior. Speaking of songs that pick people up. Um, but anyway, let's 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 um. Well, first of all, thanks for being on the show, and thanks for uh, for humoring our questions about uh, karaoke and synthesizers. You know, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Of course, no we're so excited. Can, can I over ask, the moon? So, give <laughs> me a little bit about about your background, though. Uh, how long have you been making art for? Like as long as you can remember, when you were a child, or when did you really find that this was a that this was a you know a very interesting thing to you and a very interesting way for you to express yourself because it's very personal your your art because it, it's consistent you know what i mean it's like it's, it's not it's not tours work you know what i mean i want to know for sure story. thank you for asking that um i feel like i started doing digital art way back like i'm i'm in my i'm in my mid-30s now so i started doing like i started fucking with photoshop and stuff and like when i was like 15 and do you remember DeviantArt? Yes. Yeah, of course. Because I had one of those, and I, I think mine still exists up there somewhere where I have all of my Photoshop sketches and stuff. Lux will but, find it. Love to watch I started, really I started with that, and I think my job history also had to do with it hmm. because I, I got a job as, as a paginator or as a graphic designer for a newspaper. Paginator. Hmm. And yeah, I would like design the pages for the newspapers. Oh, oh, and, I, I know wow. somebody that does so that. So you Very were cool. wait, wait, wait. Look, I gotta stop for a second. So that's really interesting. Is it that is. part of your job was the actual layout design of the newspapers? There it is. Makes layout a lot design. of sense. Wow, of that your work really is usually seems, really organized looking. Well, that's the thing. Is like the way that really does seem like that might you, you know you, you know that really does come through in your work the organization and the layout design. Of uh, of everything, you know, it's like it's a it's a it's a page. There's so much going on. There's 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 literally like, you know, the the border and the heading everywhere. <laughs> I imagine that was a, that's really interesting. That's a really interesting skill to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's where I picked up the most. That's where I learned how to just build a basic layout on a page and just get a sense of, of that. But I feel like when I apply, when I start. You know, when I do art now, I feel like I always do like that designer approach first, and it just always sticks with me. And that's funny that you guys notice it too, because mm -hmm. because yeah, you can tell like all the headings and everything is placed in a matter. <laughs> it's made to yeah. pop. It looks like a front page of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. But as far as like this style that I have that I've been like repping in the past two three years, it started. Mm like during COVID or like a little bit before COVID um, and it mostly surfaced out of depression and boredom. I literally was not doing much. I was just kind of just, 
you know, I, like, I was just browsing the internet for things and mm -hmm. not really putting out content. And I, I remember kind of, it wasn't until Electronicon, Electronicon first came out that I noticed there, like, there was like this whole community based around Vaporwave, by the way, which I was consuming yeah. also at, at that time. And, and I wanted to be part mm -hmm. of that some way, somehow. Yeah. So I just started putting out content and I wanted to be on people's radars. So, you know, I started following people and I just, you know, started putting graphics out there and sick. Mm -hmm. Slow what, and steady. What was you know, your I first started... big like break, as it were, if you don't mind me asking, because I remember seeing your work more and more and more and more. But I don't I don't remember when I started. Um, but now it's just like, yeah, everybody knows who Lunitas is. They're everywhere, <laughs> you know, probably. Well, Yorn's uh, Cat System okay. Corp's live. live so, yeah. Very cool. I, I remember that what you did for, for Cat System Corp, but I also remember, I think, um, the flyers that you were doing for Body Cruise. Hell yeah. Shout out All Body right. Cruise. Body Cruise. Shout out so to Body I, Cruise. So I, I remember, I think the first time, because I'm obviously was paying attention, I'm obviously always paying attention to people who are doing live, uh, live um, yeah. you know, vaporwave events. And I, I remember, remember I think the first time I saw it was, uh, your work was probably maybe some of those early body uh body cruise full of flyers yeah. no you're right you're right that, i think that it was, was like an equipped show time, so yeah. for sure we got equipped come come over yes but... i remember the equipped poster was yeah oh, correct that's right yeah very cool so common misconception i i don't own body cruise i'm not part of body cruise, body mission, cruise i think it's, it's mission it's mission indigo, indigo. yeah right, i think right? it's 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 DJ Acapulco and Drip oh. Cuts from, oh. in, from in, oh, internet. Instagram. Instagram, sorry. Very cool. Got it. I know Mission and Indigo's the involved. Yeah, they're the main body cruise guys, and I got involved with them because uh, Eric, the, he's one of my big friends, my one of my close friends, and he just asked me one time, "Hey, you want to come play this vaporwave stuff we're doing here in town?" And I was like, "Of course." And I like this was around the time where I was also like developing this style, so I was just busting out flyers, you know, yeah. to yeah. promote this. Well, <clears throat> good on you for being such a good promoter. That's a thankless. You can ask Pacific Plaza. That's a that's a tiring thing to do. Or Vapor Space, man. God bless. You would know, Chris. Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you just want to get involved in the scene and, you, you know, it's, it, and, it, and I can understand why it's, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, you know, playground to be in and to create in. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, you, your, your style took off so much is because I think that we're always looking for somebody to reinvent ways of looking at uh -huh. the at the art you know what i mean and looking at the symbolism and the ideas in vaporwave and to reinterpret it you know we get a lot of the sort of uh you know clip art looking things or the digital right. you know you know you know uh, blender like the sort early of, uh, young lean everything is symmetrical look yeah we get a lot of that <laughs> that was that was one thing we got no right? disrespect and then another to that thing we got look. No disrespect to any of the looks, honestly, but it obviously we get a lot of the hyper real stuff. You know, mm -hmm. that's a big deal as well. Yeah. And then we get a lot of the sort of neon shapes and such. But, um, you know, people are, there's so many artists out there and uh, you know, mu musical artists out there. And there's they're all every, people are looking to stand out. Right. You know, and there's one thing that your artwork did was like it stood out. Yeah, because it, did. it was. Um, and I think that it's a really good 
this is like when you looked at your artwork, you're like, this is an artist who's like knows what who they are mm-hmm. and isn't trying to be other things. You know what I mean? Well said. Uh, they're trying Thank to you. be just themselves, and Thank that's you. like one of the things that you know when when. No worries. Yeah, absolutely. But that's like a really important thing for visual artists out there and and illustrators out there to remember, which I don't. I think goes without which you know you would think goes without saying, which is just like if people are doing something and they're all doing the same thing, then you gotta do something different. You know what I mean? You gotta. You can use the same energy. You can use the same spirit. You can use the same ideas. But like you gotta reinterpret it. You gotta do it differently because if you reinterpret and do it differently, like man, you will be super celebrated for that. It will be a mm-hmm. breath of fresh air, and like that is, uh, you know, I think what everybody felt. We were all looking for like who's gonna be the next person to do a very interesting, unique take on this style, and I, that's what your stuff did. You know. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it really does, and I, that really is the intention, honestly. Like, I, I want to stand out. I want to <clears throat> pop out of the crowd. I want, I want you to browse, you know, Twitter and see my art and stop and be like, oh yeah, look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you like succeeded, very, my friend, but very ornate as well, and very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's skillfully executed. You know, it looks everything is very intentional. All the all the things in it are very intentional, and it's and timeless just, too. You haven't painted yourself into a corner at all. It's timeless because it's just it's it's just them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just Looney Tots. Like it's their work, so it's timeless because it doesn't look like anything else. So therefore, you know, yeah, that's right. It's timeless. But like, I think that we, I really want, really hope a lot of other artists are out there tr- thinking the same way of like, how can I do something that like puts my personality into this as well? And you know, you'll be extremely, you know, sought after if you do that sort of thing. I think. And you're not just trying to do what you've seen already, but like maybe slightly better or slightly different, but like just like totally flip, flip, for lack of a better phrase, totally flip the script on it, and like you'll get that attention. And uh, <laughs> Lord knows, I'm always, I'm, I'm always on Instagram, always typing in vaporwave art and scrolling. Like I do this every week, and I'm always like trying to find the people that are doing something I haven't seen before, and then I'm like bookmarking it. And so, you know, people are out there. People are looking for album art. So if you're an artist, you know, do your version of this and people will find you. I mean, they found you, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I make sure to be on their, you know, uh, radar for that. Very but, cool. But yeah, and, and it all just requires a lot of self-promotion. <laughs> well, let me just, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. Take me through your history uh, and your interest. You mentioned you're an avid music fan, which, of course, is one of the biggest reasons we brought you on. What was your evolution as far as what you were into, like, say, in high school, undergrad, adulthood? Tell me a little bit about what you were into then and now. For sure. Um, I feel like we all go through phases. That's exactly what I like, mean. Hell yeah. Like, I went through, like, the garage rock phase. Yes. Very cool. Where a little lo-fi. I would just, yeah, yeah, for sure. OCs, White Fence, Ty Seagull, all that, all that San Francisco stuff. Hell yeah. I was just eating it up. Um, then I went through that, like, uh, folk, weird folk kind of phase. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember Golden Living Room was talking about it. He, I, was, I was just about to say that Golden Living Room was just discussing that the other day. Y'all were talking about all my favorite bands too, like the yes. Band Hard, Bernard, Vader, yeah. Destroyer, um, Joanna Newsom, Destroyer. I, I know uh, you're a freak folk fan, baby. New Weird America. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody has read like better lyrics than Destroyer. Those man, let me tell you, those are some phenomenal lyrics that that person has written. It's really hard to write interesting lyrics that are just poetic and strange at the same time, and like sort of like like you know to have that like sort of impenetrable but still. You know, the feeling is still there is just like I think one of the hardest balances to strike. And, you know, a lot of like artists like Destroyer and some other ones from that scene really did that phenomenally. You know, lyrics are a, are a very important art art to master. I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Who else? Decemberists was part okay. of that vibe too. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. A little Arcade Fire maybe. Yeah. Arcade some chamber Fire. Chamber Pop. Baroque Pop. Man Man. Okay. So when did you start getting into more electrical, electronic-sounding music too, and find yourself in vaporwave? So yeah, let's um, hear that gradual descent. <laughs> I always enjoyed electronic music as well. I always listened to a lot of Boards of Canada, the books. Sick, sick, um, the books. Yeah, the books. Alien Forest. Oh yeah, we yeah, need to talk about the books more book. often. Um, who else? I. That, there was a point where I got really into just Bandcamp surfing and Bandcamp musician, and in fact, Skeleton. That's how I discovered your music back in oh, like really? twenty two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Two thousand ten, oh, two thousand nine. Really? I don't even yeah, remember yeah, how I found sure. this guy. I'm so flattered. That's so awesome. Thank you. And I think the first time, like legit introduction to vaporwave, where I saw the hashtag that said vaporwave, and I was introduced to the word, was that. Um, Silver Richards and Telepath Ooh. release. Ooh. The, yeah. the yellow like the one yellow with one. the woman's face, yeah. That yes. one, that one I, I, it, I would say that's the first legit vaporwave thing that I saw and just captivated me. And I remember exactly how it happened. I was just browsing Bandcamp just to see whatever I would find, and that, that image was just there. And little did I know, I was just going to dive into like this whole new subject that i'm going to speak for like the next year right (laughs) (laughs) it's really it's really interesting the way like you just sort of find yourself in this like interesting little world full of uh very cool eccentric uh creative people you know yeah yeah they're mostly pretty nice it's so interesting how people tend to kind of just gravitate towards this scene even if vaporwave isn't our favorite kind of music or if they draw from many different backgrounds like you chris i i think you're a, a genre bender personally but we all kind of collect here because people Everybody's here are so a genre open-minded. bender person right in this world i mean I, I there's there's some people that are particularly good at it. you mentioned navigator earlier that guy's a genre bender mm-hmm. for sure and he's coming on this <laughs> show at everybody some point, who gets involved but, in vaporwave and i've said this before i didn't mean to cut you off I just want it's to okay go ahead that. Nah, nah, what's new? Anyway, um, I think that one of the things that's interesting about Vaporwave is, like, you know, a lot of people, like, nobody really starts with it. They get to it because they're just interested in cult music. They're interested in the history of music in general. And um, they have a lot of influences. And a lot of times, a lot of people get into Vaporwave, like, they'll, they can talk about a lot of different underground genres, even if it's one they they're not that's not their favorite underground genre they probably have looked at it a little bit and they probably know a lot of the important figures from it you know what i mean in and like you know it's really funny and uh and then they like you know everyone kind of finds their way to this place because it's a playground where you can bring in all your influences right you know and True. uh i don't know so I, I think that even if you're not a genre bending artist you're probably a genre bending person most people who get into the into this yeah for sure well, thank you for right. giving us that background. Um, did you want to elaborate any more on that, or can I ask you a different question? 
No, yeah, for sure. I'd like to elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, please do, because I could go on for hours about my journey. I want to hear yours at great length. So I moved to Austin like 10 years ago, and the main reason was the music scene was because a lot of bands were coming over here, and there was South By, and there was just about as much music as you can have, really. And for some reason, Austin's like main thing is like psychedelic rock. I have noticed like, that too. Austinites love their psychedelic rock, and especially <laughs> with their festivals. And what do they have? Yeah. Like Eeyore's birthday, I think. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have that. They have also Levitation, which is like the True. biggest thing that they're doing lately. But I, I caught the psychedelic bug, man. Like I'm all about all of that stuff. Like I listen to it nonstop, and just as much as vaporwave, I would say. But if For- I'm not talking, if I'm not listening to vaporwave, I'm likely listening to some kind of psych rock band. Interesting. For those that can't see because they're listening, and there is a very ornate tapestry hanging behind Luis, along with a lot of uh, multicolored artwork on the walls. So that is no surprise to me whatsoever. That that psychedelic rock vibe, honestly, like you can kind of feel it in your artwork as well a little bit too. It's well, definitely thanks. there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can feel the psychedelic rock rock vibe in that. Yeah, that's interesting. I can totally see. Now that you said that, uh, I just am like, oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> just judging from their artwork, I can feel that that influence from like an old. Like, you you could see like a like a that, that could as just as easily be you know you change a few things in that and you could use it for a psychedelic, you know, stoner rock or or psychedelic garage rock, you know, band. From either present from either present day or from like the sixties even. For sure. I, I've I've done some like sixties inspired psychedelic like commissions for mm. for, for bands here. Ooh. I should probably share those. I yeah, don't share should. a lot of the stuff I do. But mm. but, wow, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all about that style as well. Wow. Interesting. Well and another good yeah. thing about your art artwork is I feel like it could fit literally any any movement, any scene, any venue, any it just it's multifaceted it appeals to and applies to everything thanks thanks i that means a a lot again (laughs) similar with like keith rankin or something Mm -hmm. you know i I aspire to be like keith (laughs) hey i mean do you you're up there as far as recognizability i mean you know you and keith uh robert um Robert Beatty, um, I mean B B uh Fanti that did our artwork Sega Octopus I mean the um the the it's it's a it's a burgeoning growing scene you know pj rourke pj rourke oh PJ yes rourke. i love pj rourke and who's the one that does the the smash brothers artwork justin justin warden oh, Ju- i think justin warden justin, yeah, warden. justin warden yeah who did uh, like tupperwaves uh album cover pj uh, we need for, to get pj uh, on or marina too. well what's it you know marina album True. um yeah I'm also going to shout out Marcello Levin, who I think people should uh, kind of uh, use more often for some Vaporwave uh, uh, artwork stuff. He did the cover for uh, Vapor Never Sleep single for me, and I think that uh, I'd like to see more of his work out there on some people's uh, people's stuff. You should uh, drop a link. I've not heard of this person. I will. I will. Thank um, you. But anyway, uh, more did you would like to say, perchance, about your musical journey, or should we ask another question? Um. No, let's 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 continue. <laughs> Cuz after that it's just vaporwave and it's vaporwave cycling new weird america. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> it's a wonderful mix. It's a wonderful it's a very it rounded rounded well-rounded mix. 
Okay, okay I got one last thing. thing. Uh oh, let's I'm go. Really, I've really do. been getting into Anatolian psychedelic Turkish rock. Are you guys familiar with Ooh, that? No, <laughs> tell no, me more. I'm not, and I'd like to know more. So. Yeah, uh, my friend, I'm sorry, so, my friend. Yes. In the 70s and 60s, like Turkish people, just they, I mean, people from Turkey, they figured it out. They figured psychedelic rock way better okay. than anyone else. And there's really? all these like artists and all these like releases that happened back then. And there's currently a band that's like kind of like re surfacing all that sound they're, they're called altingun altingun if, if you listen to them that that'll they'll give you an idea Damn, you gotta of, hold like, me the, google it what i'm talking about okay so how do i spell <laughs> altin okay all right leaves us how i spell altingun a l t i n space gun g-u-n gun now spell tenarwin good job. oh <laughs> just kidding yeah this looks uh, very interesting. Uh, thank you very much for the recommendation. I will be listening to them later tonight. Uh, how fascinating! You and Will Wade would have some things to talk about. Oh, Will's, <laughs> Will's phenomenal. What a what an interesting character he is too. He knows a lot. Um, you know, and that's one of the things I really do enjoy about hot takes. And you know, I swear to God, with every guest that comes on here, there's they'll say all the music that they like, and most of the time, it's all stuff that. Uh, we agree with we like as well we're very familiar with too and then there's like always like one thing they add and then they like know a lot about and you're like what is this (laughs) like wait hold on there's always there's always something that's just this this very specific unique um or like artists and simon art is usually a whole movement of music that they mention and i have to write it down and look it up later no shit right Uh, just like uh just like they did just now and uh, it's always interesting. Like everybody in vaporwave has this like one one genre that's like a sort of a left field thing that's like almost like specifically <laughs> theirs. <laughs> I love it. I, I could I could I sit agree. and talk to people about it for ages. Um, speaking to music that that you like and and music that you maybe don't like, is there any instrument or sound that you dislike, like a, a synth sound or instrument that kind of ruins a song for you? I don't think so. I guess really? it just depends on how it's used. True. This this particular sound, but I mean, there's there's definitely uh, genres of music that I'm not a particular fan of. Gotcha. I don't even know if it's a genre. You know, I'm I'm just thinking of this like it's like Caribbean like Disney cruise music. Disney you know what I mean? music, <laughs> like canned Balearic, like stereotypical, like Little Mermaid esque pan yeah, like drum. What do they call this shit? <laughs> like, a, like, a, like, a, like a tacky use of a steel drum. The island yeah. level in the video game. The best song example I can think of is that song that goes, feeling hot, hot, hot. Oh well, that's very oh interesting. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, so it's really interesting that you mentioned. So yeah, that. So what's really interesting though about that feeling hot, hot song, is that's by um, oh uh, uh, it, that song is by Buster Poindexter, right? I have never yes, heard this correct. song. So here's the thing about Buster Poindexter: is Buster Poindexter is the alter ego of um, what's his name, David um. David Johansson, who's the lead singer of the New York Dolls. New York Dolls. So oh, you got wow. to understand that the thing about Buster Poindexter was that was actually a joke. 
Like it got really yeah. popular and it became like the, the cruise song of all time. But you have to like remember that like that was just sort of like a uh, like a side project as like a joke that like the dude from the New York Doll the leads the frontman of the New York Dolls started and it became crazy huge. Oh like, man, that's it, wild! Like, like it was became really big and like made him like millions of dollars. But the whole project, the reason it sounds so tacky is because like the that character's supposed to be tacky. Like if you actually look at him, he's in a leisure suit and he holds a martini glass. Like B like, movie you know, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, quite the opposite of the normal look for David Johansson, which is like a wig, makeup, you know, like on stage, like proto-punk, right? Like, you know, glam proto-punk. Oh, wow. And so he's like, he's supposed to be this tacky lounge music guy. And uh, it's just funny. Like, this song is so terrible. And I'm like, yeah, it is really terrible. I agree. And like, I'm pretty sure, I think he agrees too. But like everybody else was like, turn it into this big, big freaking hit. And actually, um, if you, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like there's like the there's a documentary um, New York Doll which is based on uh, I think it's um, the one that um, Johnny Thunder no, Arthur Kane it's based on uh, Arthur Kane's life I think he was the bassist for the New York Dolls he died but it was like he had like a big jealousy with David Johansson after that happened he's like he thinks he's so big now that he's got that the feeling hot song <laughs> and like thinks he's very no, big than all of us now <laughs> like, yeah it's the tackiest thing to ever you know make a lot of money off of ever so anyway. That's a great example. There's some anyway, actual. I just, great... I just, I knew, I know a little bit about the Feeling Hot song. There's not really much of an opportunity for me to discuss Buster Poindexter and David Johansson of New York Dolls, uh, and so I took it. There, and, there uh, are a lot of people anyway. in chat that are sounding <laughs> off about sounds that they really, really dislike. We've got Woodstick, Twang guitar, um, Kazoo, uh, stomping, anything that incorporates stomping, unless it's Queen, of course. Shout out Queen. I, per- I don't like organs is personally. Is stomping really tacky? That's like the clap stomp hey thing, you know. Is it clap? Is clapping and stomping like like stomp- the Bastille I mean, core? You know, clapping I think is okay in a song. But oh, I love the I love the like clapping synth sound. You know. Yeah, I mean claps are like personally. just like a general thing for synthesizer music or trap or all that stuff, right? CBS or, or finger snaps. Wave. Stomping might be a bit might be a bit difficult to use occasionally in a, uh, in a, in a without you know because it's a little jar <laughs> well, yeah, hey, I'm not a big fan of the. I mean, I think uh, can we? I'm not a big fan of the ukulele. You know, I think that's like a non Yeah, that's a little. That's a little. Yeah, I don't like organs personally. I know I said that on a previous broadcast. You know, like organs, organs. Are I really cool, don't, man. Like, man it, it, like the roads and just I don't know. It's not. You don't it's like not for or, me. organs, like even in like something like a uh, whiter shade of uh, pale by like uh, you know like. Or like the association, never my love, or like those like organ sounds. Hey, and, you can send those. all those songs to me because you know I live under a rock. I'm literally like I'm like, I literally named the the association in Procol Harum. These are bands from like 1965. Oh, okay. They're not that like Word. you know you don't have to be living under a rock to forget oh, okay. about them. Your your name I was, dropping. I was mostly I got thinking you. of some of those bands from the 60s that use the organ. I'll just like, front you, know, you the respect like, right uh, now. You know, yeah, I, I don't like it. Inagata Devita. Inagata Devita. I respect Inagata Devita, but I just I don't know, man. I don't I don't fuck with organ. It's the little weird Isaac thing. I think I think you're in the minority. I, think, I am I certainly think, man, in the minority. I'll take is, it. I think my ukulele take is, is a man of the populace. Well, do you have any instruments or sounds that you particularly gravitate to, Luis? Like any favorites? That's a good question. Yeah, plenty. I, of course, synthesizers. I've always yeah. gravitated to those. But um, I started as a drummer. Sick. Very young. So yeah, there really? there is a drum set behind. Well, really? there was last night when we yeah. sound checked. 
I'm covering it with the tapestry. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I know uh, I saw a drum set last night. So you started as a drummer, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I wish so, I could. So like that's always like ingrained in me. Anytime I'm on like any flat surface, I'm always like beating it some way somehow, making some kind of beat. But if it's not that, and <laughs> it's funny, I'm gonna say this, but I'll say the ukulele. Wow, I'm gonna have to reevaluate. Obviously, I mean, it can, I, got, it I, I was just, I was well. picking on the. I didn't. I was being mean. I Personally, I only have it because it's just an I easy instrument to grab, flames, and it just yeah. relaxes me. And oh, yeah. are you guys familiar, are you guys familiar with Beirut? Yeah, uh, of course. A little bit. Beirut, absolutely. And I went into like a huge Beirut phase, and his music really got me into like learning how to play the ukulele and stuff. So I, I've always had like a personal. I mean, like a close personal thing what? with my ukulele. <laughs> Beirut, I mean Beirut in general is is a left field instrument band in general, you know. Like there's all yeah. kinds of of instruments that Beirut has on their albums that yeah, it's very know, brass I'm, heavy. Yeah, absolutely, very brass heavy. <laughs> very interesting brass stuff too. Like you know, like stuff that you might hear from, a, you know, some mm. kind of uh, you know calypso band once in a while than you would more than else. So yeah, a little right. Well, okay, like ukulele in the context of Beirut is also like you know, like French horn in the context of Beirut. Like it's very interesting ways that that's going to be used by that particular <laughs> artist. Um, fair so fair enough, fair enough. Um, you know. Uh, Speaking of synthesizer sounds, now do you prefer um, a more an do you prefer more analog sounding synthesizer sounds, or do you prefer some of the more like mid '80s digital bells and stuff? I'm a bit of both. I really like the really yeah, me, crystal me clear FM stuff, but I also like I love the really fat like Moog sound. Yeah. Sick. So same, same. Always go for both. Same. <clears throat> Loving it. I so will were... say. I gravitate more towards. That's fine. I will say I gravitate more towards the analog, Mogi mm. kind of sound, but it's it's all good. I love it all. Like early yeah, one hundred six point never type beat. Mm -hmm. Sick. So, yeah, no. Uh, so you started with drums, huh? Was that the first instrument that you learned? Yes. And I don't. I didn't think I. I, I wasn't. I, I think I'm. Yeah, I was self-taught. I, I didn't have anybody teach me. I just wanted drums because I wanted to be like Travis Barker, basically. <laughs> nice. And so, yeah. So you didn't know how to play. You taught yourself how to play drums. Yeah, pretty much. Amazing. I was lucky enough that, you know, my dad got me a drum set and that's all I needed because I had all the will and power to keep doing it. And... That was that's, also another, that's that's one of the reasons why I moved to Austin, because I wanted to be in a band, and you know I wanted to go on tour and mm -hmm. do all the band stuff, and the closest city I had was Austin, so naturally, I moved up over here. Not, not a bad city to, to have close to you, Texas though, is you know. my stomping grounds. I'm familiar with the area. We geeked out a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, and it worked out. You know, I got to play with a few bands here and okay. there. You and want a name drop? I mean... Uh, sure, I got to play with Quality Floods, I got to play with Weenus, there's oh, wow. a bunch of like rare local stuff, but... I wish I could play with Weenus. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, so... is, everyone is a member of Weenus, they just don't know it yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Um, <laughs> so, your parents are very encouraging of your artistic uh, desires. You know, your, your desires to Yeah, your dad should have hung out with uh, Golden Living Room's dad. 
I wouldn't say very encouraging. Okay. But encouraging enough that they were like opening the door enough for me to try things I out. I mean, if they, they let you have a drum set in the house, that's pretty open-minded. That shit's loud, dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. And I, I was loud about it for sure. Good. Were your, were your parents artistic people or people who were really into music? No. Very. Yeah, mine, mine weren't either. the opposite of mine. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my parents were not into too much music or art either. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm from a very small town in Mexico called Nuevo Laredo. And a lot of it's like a very small family kind of like town you know so everyone there like i feel like my parents are very like small town family friendly kind of mm -hmm. thing they don't really like they're not really interested into like going to concerts or they don't consume music you know what i mean gotcha it's very sweet that they were you know didn't exactly stop you from your pursuits though yeah yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for having very cool parents. Yeah, man. Shout out <laughs> shout out to the cool parents. Shout out to yeah. the cool parents. So let me ask. Yeah, I mean, when I told my parents I want to, you know, I want to play guitar, I just need one and I'll figure it out. They're like, that's not how this works. And I'm like, no, I've, I've watched guitars being played before. Like, I think I can figure it out. And they're like, well, we've watched, I watched a, a pilot fly a plane. Can I do that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I know it is funny. I, I got the guitar eventually and taught myself, but you know, they I, I got some pushback. I did not have very uh, you know. I love my parents; they're wonderful people, but like they were not musical or artistic people either. Um, they you know still to this day like I, not not whatsoever. Uh, but they did play the Top Gun soundtrack a lot in the car, so that was kind of fun. You know, <laughs> That's funny. Take my breath away, right? You know those orchestral <laughs> maneuvers in the OMD that do 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 do. You know, that big breathy synth at the beginning. You can't can't undo for, uh, that. For the me, first it time was the Chariots of Fire theme song. Oh, my dad was a no, huge yeah, all right. Chariots of that's Fire huge. fan. So when that wow, Vangelis, that's uh, not bad. that Vangelis track is fucking fire. It is fucking fire. Um, let me ask also. So Lindas, you mentioned coming from a small town and not exactly having artistic parents. Um, did you have friends that that you were able to talk to about art and music? Did you find that in your hometown, though? A little bit. Not for the most part. I think most really? of the artistic friends I made were online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, was a very... That is one beautiful thing about this scene. We find each other in every corner yeah. of the world. Yeah, you feel like you're the only person in the world. Like, I must be the only person in the world who, like, really likes the, the first Madonna album and 100 Tricks Point Never. Right. <laughs> it's like the, the sound design for both these things. And then you're like... And then also listens to, you know, psych rock. And then you go online and you're like, oh, wow, you guys listen to Boards of Canada too, huh? Like, how about that? And you got into all these other things. Um, so uh, so you mostly got your outlet and your validation through online communities. Is this just correct? Most definitely. I feel like most of the people I frequented in real life back then, they were just on a, you know, a different sound wave that I was. And which is okay, you know, because... You know, we all had access to the internet, and I was just in my own little corner of the internet versus everyone else. That's nice. I wasn't lucky enough to meet uh, like-minded people back then. Yeah. It wasn't really until I moved to Austin where I started, you know, really meeting people in person. Hell yeah. That, you know, would speak <clears throat> the same language, for example. It's such a, like, validating thing, too. We talked about it with Porter Vong on the episode with them about how validating it is to find that, that community with other, 
you know, weirdos or maybe neurodivergent or just people that are into weird shit and open-minded and accepting, not shaming, you know, supportive, mm-hmm. celebratory types yeah. of, of communities. Yes, for sure. All right, so I got a question for you. What is a song or album that you think everybody should hear at least once? Ooh. Any genre, <laughs> all fair That's, game. It doesn't have to be the only one, you know what I mean? But maybe one that strikes you, I guess. Let's put it that way. Only ones. All right. Uh, can you ask me that question again just to make sure that you're asking? Yes. Uh, I want to know if... It, or not if what is a song or an album you can pick an album if it's easier that you think everybody needs to hear at least one time it's a toughie admittedly yeah yeah that's that's but that's it says a lot choice. about you all right all right let's do <laughs> oh man <laughs> we can come back to it if you need to <laughs> Let me think about it for a little bit. Let That's it simmer. not going to escape my mind. Let let that soak in your mind. We'll come back to it. Because I have like three choices in my head already. But well, tell us know. all three. You Shit, you don't have to narrow to it down. One. You can just pick one of them, or you can pick all three of you. Tell us all three. No pressure, or just one. Yeah, no don't one. ask me, because I don't know my answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, you could probably, Isaac, you could probably think of a song or or a uh, an I album know. that you think would everybody should check it out. No, it's basically like a music rack, but just like a, it's oh, like maybe a really so strong hard. music rack, really strong music rack, like a broken it. social scene album, maybe. Okay, see, there you go. It wasn't so hard. I mean, like you know, I if think I think about just, it longer, something else will come to mind. Well, I think everyone should listen to R plus seven by OPN. Well, yeah, myself, I agree. Personally, you know, okay, so like, okay. it's like you know, like I mean, I see you like, pull I, up I, I think a lot. Shut that shit down. All right, here's here's one, and it's not an obvious one. It's, oh, I love it. Let's go. It's, and the Glass-Handed Kites by Mew. Oh, that's oh, a great oh, album. That's a fantastic wow. album. That's such a great album. What a good wreck. That's phenomenal. That is I a really left-field wreck. That's a great, yeah, I agree with, I seconded. And that's a really interesting recommendation because right, I did not see that coming. And uh, <laughs> Very like power pop influenced indie rock. Yes. Yeah. I, I love I love that album so much. It's, I, I love it because it's one of the albums that has, I think, one of the worst album covers I've ever seen. I like that album cover, damn it. It's better than the Creed album cover, so where they're all in the tree. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I love that album so much. I love how all the songs just uh, fuse together, and it feels like you're just listening to one whole song. So, I love asking <laughs> the question, well, actually... You had a couple other choices that you wanted to tell us about, but I also want to know what you think about album artwork a little bit later. Because I love I mean, asking people yeah, about that. But I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they find there's a lot. I'm sure that they're going to say, you know, probably put a lot of value into the album artwork. I specifically right? want to know what a visual artist has to say about good and bad album artwork. But you did say you had a couple other choices floating around in your head. Did you want to tell us what they are? I feel like I always think of Sung Tongs by Animal Collective. Oh, yes. Just, oh, well, that, oh, that, yes. that goes into Isaac's I was going to try to not Isaac ask you what your favorite album is. ask people what their favorite <laughs> Animal Collective album is. Thank so you. You, just, you literally just saved him the trouble of asking you that question with that answer. <laughs> wow, that's really, that's funny. That couldn't have been a more... 
appropriate thing to say to Isaac. Wow. <laughs> well, you already know, sung tongs. It's like sung tongs right, is the best go. one. There you go, Isaac. That's what I'm talking. I knew you were gonna say sung tongs. That are one of the <laughs> early gonna, ones that are super something. hard to listen to. Okay, so I want to get a question. Oh, wait, do you have another question, Isaac? Or no, go ahead. I'll ask. I'll ask them about album because I really, I I'm gonna grab another drink. Real about, quick. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about who you are and how you came to be who you are and we, where your tastes kind of come from and how that sort of shows itself in your art. But how did? You, and I and now even I even know a little bit more about how you've gotten into music. But what about um, what about visual art? Like when I remember you mentioned saying that you were messing around with Photoshop at a young age, but then. Um, you said that also the um, your your work in the uh, in, uh, in in the newspaper and doing layout helped inform you know, the kind of style you have now, but you know what about um, you know like what made you decide to start organizing your art in this way? What was it? What was what's your art like? What was your art mostly like before you started doing this? Actually, I'm I'm mostly only familiar with this style, but what were you doing prior? It was mostly Photoshop collage, you know, just mm. grab an image from Google, manipulate it, paste yeah. it, mess around with it. Um, I was doing a lot of that, and... Badass. It wasn't until I discovered Illustrator and I learned about vector uh, graphics that I kind of just dove into, like, that realm for a bit. And that's kind of where I, like, really, I would say... Can I ask um, you... I'm sorry. I know you're not. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, just because your your album your album art that you you create is very ornate and there's a lot mm -hmm. going on. And mm -hmm. I think the very interesting thing is like, well, obviously when you look at an album cover, you know who this artist is. You know who's made it. You know that it's Lutas that's made it. But and yet each art album is still very different. You know, very different in it's 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 organized and it's it's clearly the work of this person. Their voice is all over it. Their style is all over it. But it's always different. You know, the you know bizarre bizarre cover is way different than the you know pop culture album cover and the and the oh yeah you did pop culture too yeah and the items and the remix album as well and then the um you know uh, you know but for instance the the items and the totems and the animals and the statues and the designs and the layout like it's this it's everything is it's different there's different things selected for different albums how do you decide what's going to be the visual representation for each one of these albums like where does that come from <laughs> like where do you get the ideas to do this is it just what you feel and then you kind of make a mental note of it and then start the organization process like i'm going to incorporate a like a goddamn crane here you know what i mean like how's that work what the fuck kind of this shit <laughs> it's like it's like sample sample hunting you know Ooh, this sample hunting. might work wow. this sample Let's might see. not work <clears throat> Yeah. I have like drawings that I the, the the cool thing about Illustrator, the software I use, is that yeah. I can expand and like uh, make smaller these graphics and nice. I can just yeah. fit them as 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 however I want to and so I have like a lot of like backup stuff that I I may have used or I may have not used for something else. Oh, so that's oh like uh, you like have assets like a or backload of things that you've created and that you've like okay so that's kind of yeah, like please tell me design. you save all your work yeah yeah i have good. this like huge file where i just good have, oh my i have reached out to some artists about like prints that i wanted to to get made of something at some point and a lot of people don't save their work it's like what are you doing that's yeah i should probably save multiple files but i have like all of and just one big master file <laughs> so you have like 
a whole so like okay in the same way that sometimes when people sound design they might just create sounds but it's not even specifically for a song but they'll maybe like create a sound or they'll create a synth patch so you you actually go and you'll create imagery and you'll be like this might be useful for something later and then you save it in this like huge am am i I correct is this what you say in a way like that it's more like hey i'm gonna grab this image of a crane does it work in here like now Okay, it doesn't work. But now I have this image of a crane that I right. I drew, so I can just put it to the side and use it some other time and just grab wow. something else that works better for this design that I'm working on currently. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that's crazy. That's so interesting that you... you that That's how these ornate little scenes are constructed. Uh, is that... You know, do you start with a main image that you think you want to use? Or do you... How do you start? Like, can you ask... Can you, like... I mean, can you tell me, like, how do you start? Like, what's the first thing you'll do when you get commission? Someone commissions you? So it's pretty much like I would... Um, any sort of commit... Like, I, I... Sorry. I approach it like a designer would, like a freelance designer would. And especially with artists, my main approach is... I'll start with a main idea, and then I'll show the artist, and then they'll give me feedback, and then there we just go. go back and forth. That's and it's smart. like it, it's it's really like this collaborative thing because the artist is giving me the feedback that they want, and I just kind of, I kind of just like a back and forth. Um, it's like visual problem solving. Mm. Interesting. You, you know what I mean? I'm just solving the problem visually for this for for the client, and. Once they tell me what they want, I I tr- try to throw all the elements that they want while still keeping my um, my aesthetic. Right. And that's that's usually how it goes. So most of the artwork really is is a collaborative work because the 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 artist that I work with has has had as much to say on the piece than than I have than I. <clears throat> Ludia Pacific Plaza has a really good question in chat. He wants to know what your least favorite thing or feature of Adobe Illustrator is. Hmm. Probably the fact that I have to pay a subscription for it. That's a pretty good answer. That's that's the popular... That's definitely the I, populist answer. I'm not a fan of that. So I, I, I use an, an older version that's uh, contained in my computer... And, you know, I, I, there's a lot of new features that I don't have access to because I, I no longer subscribe to this Damn. newer software, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's Working it's a limitation that, that never fully, you know, blocked me. I can still achieve things with the software I use, but it would be a lot cooler to, to use the most recent one. That's Damn, that's, that's a rough one. <laughs> So, Lunius, is there such thing as objectively bad art? I don't know. Because if there is, I want an example. hard. <laughs> could be visual, I, yeah. could be music, anything. I think it's all about the aesthetic experience, whether it's good or bad. True. When... I mean, <laughs> we were just talking about that hot, hot, hot song and how bad that song is. <laughs> But then it's technically supposed to be bad. It just got out of hand. Yeah. What about objective? Like, what about like the room? So bad it's good, you know. Well, the room is. That's a whole. That's that's a whole other (laughs) thing, right? Yeah. True. See, with that hot, hot, hot thing, I even, 
I looked it up, uh, like all this like trivia you threw at us, Skelly, I already knew about it because I wanted to understand Ooh, why I hated this. So Look at that OG over here. You've done your research already. That's so funny. <laughs> like, where does this horrible thing come from? <laughs> I, I you're like me. When something's so bad, you're like morbidly you fascinated um, by it. A, you want to read about it because it's that you guys, bad. If, you if can't you guys stop. Want to really go, if you guys really want to go down the rabbit hole about a bad song, why don't you watch the documentary on Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, and man. you'll see like just how deep that song goes back and how many people claim credit for it. And like, there's like literally at least a, like almost a dozen different people who've written a Who Let the Dogs Out sounding song. Like, throughout oh, like the history that. Bow, of, like, wow, wow, wow. You all your PA. No, <laughs> no. 90s like, roo, movie roo, with roo, a dog. Roo, bow, roo, wow, let wow. The dogs out. Roo, roo, yeah, roo. Like that I saw thing. The documentary a, as well. You saw the documentary? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course you stuff. did. Of course you saw. Of course you saw the documentary. Oh, that's great. Who am I talking to right now? Obviously, you. I I know about you. Of course you saw the documentary. Is it fascinating? It's very fascinating. It, I love like, those. Cracked me the fuck up. My favorite part is like the it's like the Baja men's part of the story is like eight minutes long. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're. They're like cheersing their glasses. We made a bunch of royalties, and they're like, well, oh yeah, anyway, that's the last. That's the they, last that's thing you need to speak about the Baja men in relates in relation to like who let the dogs out because there's just about like ten other people who are claiming the credit for this song right now. No way. It's fascinating stuff, man. I I couldn't like it was it was interesting. I really. It's yeah, trip. I highly recommend that song, that uh, that uh, that documentary to people. You know, anybody who's a little bit of a, uh, a musicologist will appreciate that kind of that, that film and like the history behind it. So anyway, um... <laughs> somebody said Oliver uh, Tree I... is objectively bad. Oliver Tree is objectively. I think bad. the character Oliver Tree is hilarious. Now, when I heard his music, I was like, yeah, this is pretty mid. But uh, the skits that he does with like. Um, what is the name of that collective? Uh, Churdley's is for, personally, I think it's hilarious. I am not familiar with Oliver. Not familiar with Oliver Tree, Tree. or Churdley's. They did some stuff with um, oh that guy Robbie Blumpkin. I don't know, just just weirdo internet art. Interesting. I'm trying to think of something that I would think is objectively bad. You know, it's really like a tough question, right? Like objectively yeah. bad. Maybe just objectively you know? uninspired. Because like it could be, I could really easily say like the Black Eyed Peas, you know, <laughs> uh, you know anything from like Ella Funk, on, anything from Ella Funk onward, right? By Black Eyed Peas is pretty, pretty objectively bad, right? I mean, that was bad, right? Like that music was not very good. Um, and yet, a lot of people consumed it. My Humps has a has a Grammy for like best dance oh, song. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Well, yeah, a lot of people did, but it's just like I always wonder, you know, like I, I don't know. It, it, once it's, once it's Lux there, says, "Fuck, will I am?" We're like, "Will you stop?" Ayo. <laughs> that's pretty good. I just remember like thinking, like, man, this sounds so bad. It's so badly produced. I really don't like it at all. Oh yeah, so, because you'll probably hear the technical aspect of it. Like whenever I go to a place and a guy's DJing and just like just has really bad blends, and I'm just like, oh, I can't even. Enjoy I don't think this you need to be a producer to see. I don't think you need to be a producer to listen to Black Eyed Peas music and be like, this is really wimpy. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> uninspired. I mean, it's it's the lowest common denominator. I'm not trying to be pretentious here, but like, you know. Do y'all remember post Fergie Black Eyed Peas? No. Post what? Oh, you mean like um, 
Oh, post, pre Fergie. Of course, I remember pre. I absolutely remember pre Fergie Black Eyed Peas because they were doing sort of like a indie hip hop sort of. They're uh, so back different. Then. It was very different <laughs> back then. It was, it was very different back then. Like I, um, they were sort of like doing like a like a trying to trying to be in the same vein as like uh, as like the Roots or yep. or people under oh, the damn. stairs or something like okay. that back then. Um, or who's the other one? Yeah, There's Strip Silence, De La Soul. Soul. Yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they were trying to do that sort of thing. You know, that's sort of like a, a kind of almost like a yeah, like a low, like an indie hot hip hop or backpacker sort of like vibe back then. And then they figure out how to make money, and you know, whatever. I guess, right? It's all good. But uh, worked out for them. Worked out for them. But uh, oh man, I I thought that was pretty not great music. You know, I, I thought um, I think pop music in general became very interesting and a little bit better once the producers themselves started insisting on credit for things too. Agreed. So, um, like that Diplo know. produced Justin Bieber album honestly was quite good. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I really do think that like the movement towards like producers getting a lot of attention in pop music and like saying like, Hey, you know what? I think we do just as much as these singers do probably starts it, with people. Arguably like more. Probably starts with people like Diplo, Deadmau5, Skrillex being like, yeah, we want to be really popular as well. And now they, those people basically have organized an entire culture based on like festivals, right? With these artists that are producers based on festivals for like the kids. Like they're very big, those big EDM festivals. That's all based on just the producer as in control of the pop music. You know what I mean? And, um... You know, that's I don't even I, I I don't even sometimes those guys they make the songs and I don't even know who the singers are for their for the music. True. You know, who knows, right? Who cares? It's interesting. It's Absolutely. an interesting shift. And you know, interesting shift in, in the dynamics of this stuff where the kids go now to these like big music festivals, these big EDM festivals to watch their favorite producer. You know what I mean? Do their little audiovisual presentation. Um, and like this like that singer the singer is, is so secondary now. It's interesting. Um Ludinus, yeah, I got a question I for you. You've been, you know, humoring us with our questions about objectively bad art. Can you think of any objectively good art? Do you believe such a thing exists? <sighs> I, I... We're really throwing out the noodle scratchers at you tonight, aren't we? Ludinus is an F, not a P, at the end of the E-N-T, I-N-T. Ludinus is definitely an F. <laughs> I'm just wondering, is, is the art I like objectively good? Sure, I, if you think that it is. That's that's where I'm at. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, like, do you have good taste or not? <laughs> I know, like, right? Yeah, it's, I have good taste. Like, I don't know, do I have good right. taste? Yeah. Um, so, all right. I, I think there's art that I, I like and I find visually stunning, <laughs> and there must be a reason for it. Can you give us <laughs> some examples? Must be pretty good. Must be pretty good. You're, you're, you're too oh. humble. Can you give us some examples of what you find to be objectively good? Yeah, for sure. I'll throw you, like, my direct inspiration. Are you familiar with the artist Art Next? No. Can you drop a no. link? Uh, I'll type it in. Please. Uh, this is This is some gold right here. Look them up, Art Next on Instagram. Okay. I would say that is my main look them up right now. Main like inspiration and is what made me say, okay. Art Next. I wanna be like Art Next. 
Ink, that's actually what's going to be my next question. Oh, wow. Okay, this is really good. Yeah. I feel like my, my, my art is gas station sushi compared to is, is, that's, <laughs> that's not by chance what you have in the background to your left, is it? Because that really yeah, looks... Right. Oh, I was going to say, I see a... For those for those that cannot see, that is an Ardnex. What is that? A, like a tapestry? Like a cloth? I, yeah, it's just a cloth. I have I have the exact thing. You probably can't see it. I have it pulled up right here on my phone. Right here. That's it, isn't it? Nice. Yeah, yeah, that totally. That's is. too cool. I can see why you like it. It's very. It's busy, but it's it's fun. You know. It's it's literally a direct. That's fire. Um. Oh yes. Yeah, Inspiration, good. I would say. Y'all guys, y'all guys in chat, gotta check this shit out. <clears throat> Well, thank so you for sharing opinion, with us an example. The, the work of Artnex is objectively good art. <laughs> I would have to agree with you, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for the share. Interesting. You know what's really interesting is when I look at stuff like this, is how we sometimes, you know, we, we you know, we look at the people that we admire and the artists that we like and like, you know, we try and do something you know whether musically or artistically we try and do something similar to the people we look up to and the thing is that when we try and do that it comes out completely different like you know what i mean because it gets fused with our ideas and uh and our 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 our, our other influences and our other influences so yeah. it's funny it's um i think it was the dude from uh I think it was the dude from the the specials who said was like you know you start off and you're trying to imitate you know your heroes and when you know but you you don't you can't do exactly what they do because you're you're, you're you so what you do comes out something completely different and he's like and that's how new art gets made like that's how new styles get made you know yeah nope yeah I agree question for you Luis uh, how important do you think things like reviews blogs curators playlists are with regards to taste making. Is, do you use anything like that to find new music or not so much? Sometimes. It just depends. Because I feel like sometimes it doesn't matter who writes it as long as if, if I if the wording kind of just moves me, mm. then I'll, I'll, I'll take it, you know. But lately, and, you know, since the year just ended and everybody's posting, you know, their end-of-the-year list, I personally love that because I, I know a lot of people with excellent tastes in music and Same. they're compiling all this stuff that I probably could have missed, may have missed, and it's just, I, I, I know that I trust certain people's tastes. Yeah, once you find somebody whose tastes kind of align with yours, you can kind of keep coming back to them for recommendations. And yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about the vaporwave scene. Everybody's so open, and everybody's just always sharing their music taste and their new ideas and what they like, what they don't like. And who are who just... are some of your favorite sources? Um, like, uh, if you want to name drop any particular blogs, curators, reviewers, sites, playlists, mm. hook me up. I dig in the crates every day. I just want to say Twitter. I'm not really. Okay. I wish I could tell you names right now, but none, nothing okay. is popping up right now. 
uh, I don't think I go to It'll websites to as much. Or, yeah, or th blogs. that's not really a thing but anymore. Yeah, it's all was, Spotify uh, and YouTube really playlists. Much anymore, do we? Chris and I we used to, the early and then in 2015, nobody wanted to do that anymore. Yeah, it's more of just it what happens. It's in my feed. Very and, cool. And yeah, I'll get back to you on that because I, yeah, I, yeah. I know I have some people. I know I was a, a big fan of like a, a hipsters iPod. Uh, lifestyle, hearing gold, uh, Tycho's blog, ISO fifty, uh, Mister Nonsense. ISO I, I sent Chris a drunken all caps text the other night about getting Mister Nonsense on the show at some point. Matteo Caffieri. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, Shout out uh, Mister Nonsense, the, ori the original curator. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but um, what was I going to say? I can't remember it. But I was going to say something about. Um, these, uh, oh, you know what was a big deal? Remember back in the early 2010s? I remember the biggest deal was like if somebody got on like Majestic Casual. And yeah, it's like, or oh Electronic Gems. Yeah, or Electronic Gems. <laughs> it's like, you oh remember how corny the Majestic Casual stills were for their videos? Oh my god. I, like I played a song in uh, Turntable with Lux the other night and she was just like dying about the still that they had for this one it's fucking like, song. It's like so stupid. It's usually like a goddamn like cloud or like a, a bird. A girl sitting on the side of a lake. A girl sitting on the side of a lake. Yeah, with, you know, yeah, or with like a very like flowy sun, sundress on mm -hmm. and then it was so silly. But that was the biggest thing was if you could get in Majestic Casual and they like play your, uh, your song it was like, oh my god, they have so many views. This mm -hmm. is such a big deal for us. Like I remember that was like a big deal. I remember thinking like what a huge deal it was with, um, you know, what's called Ryan's remix of uh, Call Me Maybe was uh, on Majestic Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was huge. Uh, and the, God the damn. Pepsi one, uh, remix for that was on. We were just like, oh, my God, Ryan's in the Majestic Casual. This is crazy. What's going on right now? It's so big. Well, we got to come back to a question that I asked earlier when we had way too much to talk about. Um, album artwork. Right. I know you have an opinion because you said that you thought the cover artwork for uh, and the glass handed kites I, I, I that was bad. I think it's awesome as fuck, but you know I I, I respect that. What are some I examples of of good album artwork and and what are some examples of some really bad album artwork? Uh, I'll tell you. There's this album by, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. Hell yeah! Yes. Let me see what's it called. It's just this busiest image I've ever seen. Worlds Apart. Worlds Look Apart. Album artwork. It's just so... My eyes hurt every time I see it. Oh, this is, a, this is bad album artwork. Let's see. Trail of Dead, Worlds Apart. Oh, I can't even, like, the still image. Oh, no. It's oh, too wow. much. Look at that! I, I just I like that is personally, much. yeah. That throw, throws me off right. immediately. You're absolutely right. It looks like a landfill. That album is fire, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> Trail of Dead is all fire. <laughs> I haven't listened to this album yet. I haven't, but I will. It's an amazing album. It's an amazing Trail band. of Dead fucks. That image, I just I can't tell you what I, it is. It's I just so busy. I can't focus on anything. You know, hot take. I just recommended Sewer Sluts. Latest album, Sewer Sluts album artwork fucking sucks. Like, controversy aside, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sewer Sluts album artwork is busy, nasty, disgusting, just ugh. But the music, <laughs> the music, Dumbo mode. Oh, awesome. I see it. 
I, I've mentioned it before on the show, but I, my always go my go to for worst album cover artwork is uh, Yeah Yeah Yeah's Mosquito. If you guys remember <laughs> yeah. that one, it looks like, oh like a really gosh. bad it looks like a really bad Garbage Pails Kid card. Uh, <laughs> I can't look at this picture without like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, it looks like it was made in like the 1996 Toy Story. Like we just discovered computer it's rendering. It's so bad. I mean, it's true. I, I mean, here I, oh I mean, God. I guess like I, if we're talking about it's so bad. Y'all gotta look just, this like, shit up. Yeah, I mean, which is like a shame because like um, I think that the um, what was the 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 album before that one had like a really you know, it's Blitz had a really good album cover, right? With the, the egg being cracked in the hand, yeah. and that was a pretty cool album cover. But this is so bad. <laughs> yeah, but I know awful. here, here we're we're talking about it right now, so I guess that means something, right? No we shit, are talking right? About the mosquito album cover twice. I know I mentioned it before on Hot Takes, so like we actually have a backlog of anonymously submitted questions via our uh, hot takes. Oh, for, for Lunitas? Yes, for Lunitas. Oh, um, the first one, and I, I swear to God, I bet Alex asked this. Uh, favorite restaurant slash chain of restaurants from Texas. Also, they want to know the most overrated restaurant from Texas as well. Most overrated from Texas. Uh... Whataburger's pretty overrated. Oh, you, oh you're hurting me, Luis. It's Ouch. good. I, I like Whataburger. Don't get me wrong. But I think, yeah, that's I think such that's... a Pacific Plaza question. I got you, buddy. <laughs> but... P. Terry's. P. Terry's fucks. That's it's what I'm... Hey, do you remember Fran's? Or was it Dan's? Before they, like, split up? You remember Dan's. that? Yeah. No, it was Dan's. It was Dan's. Yeah. And then they, like, divorced, and then there was Fran's and Dan's. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh, Lunatus, do you remember Leslie? Yes, I stumbled upon Leslie. Shout out to times. Rest in peace to the homie Leslie. Um, Chris, there is a uh, a renowned character from Austin, Texas. Uh, Leslie. Was. There was. Unfortunately, we lost Leslie oh, wow. a long time ago, oh. like 10 years ago. Leslie mm -hmm. was. Um, why don't you describe Leslie. Leslie? Because you actually met them. I didn't. Uh, as far as. As far as I know, Leslie was a local activist who was known for cross-dressing on the streets and... Oh, very cool. He... I think he was also homeless? I believe not, Leslie sure was homeless. On that, but he was like a local celebrity pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Like you would always see him at festivals, like on the street, and people would be following him, taking pictures, interviewing him. He was just rocking it and he was like a very people person he always knew how to talk to people so everybody in austin austin mourned when, when we lost uh i don't want to say we i'm not an austinite but but i lived in a small town not far from austin called brownwood and i remember when uh when they lost leslie yeah local celeb all right, next. That was a good question. Um, a good next question, question uh, is actually a little bit more kind of themed to what we usually talk about. Somebody asked, if you only had to listen to one Vaporwave album for the rest of your life, which one would it be? You poor thing. Cold. I feel like your head's going to hurt after this. No, I, 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 I thought of one immediately. I'm just trying to remember the translation. You're like me. I'm like, oh, but let me think about all the other albums that might be better that aren't immediately springing to mind. I'm going to say Interstellar Intercourse by Telepath. Ooh, oh, yeah. describe the album cover for me. 
Because that's all I know him the, from. It's the one with the blurry Japanese girl. Just kidding. Is it the one where she's making <laughs> eye contact with the audience or she's looking upward? Uh, she's actually far away floating up in the sky. Okay, I know which one you're talking about. So you can kind of see her. That's hands down my favorite telepath album. Oh, sick. Have you heard uh, Fragmented Memories? And all of its six hours of glory? It's... Uh, I'm not familiar with the name, but I'm, I might be it's familiar the with the It's the Supergroup album. It was Yornt, uh, Telepath, um, Phoenix Number 2772, okay. Culture, yeah. Bodyline. And it was stupid good. It was too long, admittedly, but it was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Good stuff. I, I pretty much any everything telepath. I've, I've heard it at least once. <clears throat> well, Alex has but, another yeah. good question. As, as per usual, thank you, Alex. Uh, wants to know if we can get some more questions about Lunitas's music and their synths. So, oh, yeah. you do make music. We have I not discussed do. that thus far, embarrassingly so. Tell us a little bit about what I, hardware I talked, and I software is about the i was the, I okay all right you, you did you're all right let me earlier. not let me not let me not sell you short you did we need to talk a little bit more about it yeah i'm, I'm a huge hardware synthesizer nerds i i have a band camp lunitas.bandcamp.com i have a bunch of recordings of electronic music that i've kind of given the the vaporwave treatment a little bit a little bit very cool and I recently put up a new album that's Ooh. inspired by Tangerine Dream and like all that like crop rock, like cosmic music kind of like stuff. Yes. Yes. And it's up in my band camp. You guys can listen to it. I recorded it all with the, the Moke Matriarch. Lunitas.bandcamp.com. Thank you, Lux. Lux is thank the Thank you, Lux, queen for dropping that in. dropping link. links. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's called the. What do I call it? The Morning Device. Ooh, okay. So this sounds really intriguing. Especially if it's inspired by the kind of music that you just described. Um, yeah, it's I'm a I'm expecting like, a little bit more of an experimental type of uh, vibe. For sure. Uh, it's like a straight inspiration from Tangerine Dream. If you're familiar with all that, like, ar- like arpeggio. Yeah heavy inspired stuff that's that's what i'm doing with that and yeah pretty that's, much that's, that's a good that's answer what I'm thank doing. you <laughs> thank you for succinctly and and perfectly representing your style honestly the tangerine do? dream name drop definitely has me interested oh for sure what are questions we have for for our friends right now yeah sound off in the chat we got 30 more minutes I have endless questions for Luis. I would really honestly like to know the story behind your namesake, Lunitas. Lunitas. So that means baby moons or little moons in Spanish. And it's a nickname that I've had since forever. My my mom gave me that nickname. When, When I was a kid, my mom used to read me bedtime stories about an astronaut that lived on the moon. And his name was Lunitas. And I was Lunitas. I love that. And that kind of, that name... That name really is stuck that. in the family, and so I kind of just been using it for forever. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great stage name, and it, you know, it just sort of fits the vibe of the the um, artwork you do as well, particularly considering the uh, the color schemes. I, I think so too, and this is something I've never been able to let go of too. So I'm just gonna stick with it for as long as I can. Interesting. <clears throat> I'll take it. 
baby moons, basically. All right, Ludius, yeah, um, I have one for you while we uh, wait on the chat to sound off. Um, regarding your friends or your community, when you find mu- new music that just kind of just moves you really strongly where you can't help to share it with other people, um, do you find yourself... What am I trying to say? Are you the kind of person that like aggressively shares the music that you find with your friend group? Or are you usually a little bit more... You wait for people to ask you what you've been into. I usually am very aggressive, mm-hmm. mostly with my partner, because you know she lives here with me, and most of the stuff that excites me, I you know I share it with her. So Hell I yeah. you I'm have probably to be able really to. aggressive with her. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way with mine. Shoving it down their throat. You gotta listen to this. I'm the, yeah. I'm the same way, Luna does. But I, I am too, unfortunately. As far with the rest of the world, I, I feel like I, I, I would use Twitter as my, you know, my microphone to say, hey, I like this, listen to I always this. have to ask because, I mean, I've been a curator. <laughs> Chris remembers I've been a curator for a decade, longer than a decade. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I just I can't know. shut up. I can't stop myself from wanting to, to share. When I find something good, I want everybody to hear it. And I guess that's probably why Chris and I are DJs. Yeah. I, you know, I, I used to be like that a little bit, but I, I guess, with the people that I I would be like that with, it's like when watching, it's like watching your favorite movie with someone else. You know what I mean? Because you're like excited oh, yeah. for them, yes. and there's like all these parts that you want them to be excited for, and you're just stressing for them to like, oh, notice true. and understand. That's true. like, like well, that's what it's like every time I try and share something with my parents. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I I can't enjoy it. Are you gonna Are you gonna send them the Polymath Vampire album? Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's I love that. I love that for you. We do have a handful of questions in the chat. Um Oh, let's see. Uh Quiz, Quiz always has good questions. What is your holy grail hardware synth? I have it. Moog Matriarch. Oh, Moog Matriarch, y'all. You heard it on I, Hot Takes. I I saved I enough don't... money to purchase it and I owned it and it's the best purchase I've ever had. Nice. Ever done. Sick as fuck. I Can't don't make music, it. so I don't I don't I guess I would take it pro- probably from you or Chris if I ever wanted to start what I would start with would be either that or Chris, what's your uh holy grail hardware synth? My holy grail hardware synth? Um I mean the one that I like I enjoy using the most is the D fifty, the D five fifty because I have like the Classic. I have the I have this I have the PG one thousand controller that goes with it as well. So like that particular that's it's not like the easiest thing to like control, but you I have this like little controller for it where there's all these different parameters from like these early stage um digital synthesizers like like half these like this is actually these sliders there's like like dozens and dozens of them and they actually can mean can do two different things like if you hit the first for those that are listening in that can't see he's showing us a terrifyingly complex no to people that are listening in to the podcast you know that is a complex looking device one of these guys has a different function and like damn so these many sliders so specific fucking superfluous that they don't include them anymore on modern uh synthesizers because they were just like this was just like there's a transition going between like you know the phase distortion and fm sequencers from like you know from before that being the analog ones and like they just like added all these features and different parameters that can be manipulated that are completely unnecessary really at the end of the day <laughs> 
And so, like, they don't, like, like most of the options for manipulation are not available on other synthesizers, but they are for the D50. So I really enjoy that synth a lot. Um, you know. Um, I yeah, D50 is an amazing, like, hardware synth. I have I have the DO5, which is, Ooh, like, the yeah. miniature tiny yeah, yeah. version of it. It's yeah, literally yeah, the same yeah, one. of course. I, I love Very that cool. thing. <laughs> awesome, my friend. That's amazing. Yeah, the Moog Matriarch though, that's uh that's a that's a beastly synth and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful purchase. I wanna get a um I always wanted to get a monopoly, like you know, quirk monopoly from back in the day. Those things were so fun and big looking and they had a really beautiful uh, arpeggiator on them. Um always wanted to get one of those guys. I think Keith has uh has uh, some of those, has a, has one of those. Shout out to the homie Keith. It's either that or, I can't remember if he has that or a poly six. I mean, he might actually have the poly six, but uh, I, we got I another good question in chat. I always want a monopoly. I don't need. Here's the thing. I don't need a monopoly. I have plenty of other synthesizers. I got. You know. I have all kinds of synthesizers. I don't need it, but it would be fun. I think to have. But you know, so that would be for me. <laughs> Glass underscore brick says, "Lunitas, what do you gatekeep? What do you gatekeep? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you gatekeep? Uh." I don't know. I, I think uh, I think what Gate keeps is mean people. Pacific away Plaza from told me to read voices. the question as is, and so I learned to That's read what as we all is. Gatekeep. Gatekeep what do mean I people gatekeep? Away. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think I like. I push people away, or I try not to prevent. Are you the type of person that doesn't from... give away track IDs? Ew. No, I do. Ooh. Who, who we all know that kind of that? person. Oh, you don't know those people, Chris? I, do I mean, know you know them. a lot of I, IRL DJs. I will I absolutely pin IRL that on you, DJs. Alex. Absolutely. I, I, I've and it's had a good nice thing. Fortune. I've had the down. nice a fortune of most... I mean, I've had the nice fortune of... I don't think that I know any DJs that would ever do anything like that. Um, everybody I've ever met or worked with is pretty cool, but maybe that's just my experience. I'm lucky. No, I like to think I, I, I don't gatekeep as far as I know. Honestly, I, I love sharing things that I love. I, I won't I won't gatekeep yeah, me anything. Too. Me too. I mean, there yeah. are some things, like, the only thing I can think of is, is, like, if you find, like, a super cool, like, off-the-beaten-path, secluded place, obviously you don't want to tell everybody about it because then it won't be that super cool, little-known place anymore, but that's the only thing I can think of, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I'm browsing at the record store and I see, like, a rare record that I might want to get in the future, so I'll... Mm. You know, I won't tell people that it's there. So <laughs> I, can just get it. oh, man. I think that's but, fine. That's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with yeah, that, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to. That question makes me just be more conscious about what I do and just making sure what if I'm gatekeeping or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, True. I do. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, we are on a what? show called Hot Takes. Have you got any um, hot takes you want to... Voiced upon actually, the audience. I actually thought of one because I, oh, I need wow. to have at least one. I'm itching to use this flames gif <laughs> or gif, depending upon who wants to, you know. I wrote it down just to make sure. The homie. Oh wow. All right, my hot take is regarding vaporwave clothing. Okay. I just, feel like, just, I just feel like it feels a bit tacky for me to wear, personally. 
like especially if it's like really obvious like aesthetic prints i just feel like that style looks great in like architecture and art but the moment i see it like plastered on myself i just i can't help but to cringe <laughs> are you talking about like just a simple graphic on a shirt or do you mean like the all over like fucking just both, both. Oh, really <laughs> wow yeah it's, i think it's about complimenting the aesthetic and not not wearing it okay i see that's interesting interesting all right well. that is a that is a hot one i i i'm halfway there with you like i'm not obviously gonna gonna tell somebody that what they're wearing doesn't look good same, I, same. I, I should have stuck with that. Right, right, and I know you wouldn't. I'm not the type of person that wants to wear like a, a fucking all over print shirt and pants. I've seen some people rock it really well. Like, um, uh, uh God, I'm, his name is escaping me. Um, Pronoco. Pronoco's got really good fits, but I couldn't rock that look. I would need something simple like this, you know. Uh, so I, I'm half there with you for sure. I think, yeah, for sure, you have to um, kind of, uh, you know, be your own person, do your own thing, make your style come out the way it needs to come out, and have it complement, you know, your seed rather than just sort of a, be a big visual representation of it. But, you know, to each their own, right? Right. I mean, I got a Vaporwave. I have a Vaporwave shirt on right now. This yeah, is, what is um, it? This is a Video 20XX uh, oh, sick. shirt. Very it's cool. R23X's um, clothing brand, and this is a, a shirt from that collection I'm wearing right now. Uh, video uh, 20 um, XX. So I've kind of got a vaporwave shirt, but I don't think it's a terribly obvious choice. You know, I agree. Obviously, it's, vaporwave it's, thing. And I, I recognize there was the R23X shirt. Uh -huh. I did not. <laughs> I, I've got a Com True shirt on. What are you wearing? You uh, just a pastel shirt. Pastel. That's a, like a color blocking kind of thing going on there. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are listening and who have never seen what Lunidas looks like, they have probably the most glorious hair. Anytime you put that hair up, I'm literally like, oh my god, I wish my hair looked like that. Yeah, they, they I'm are, not they, kidding. They, literally, you and my buddy Corbin Carey, hopefully he's still in chat. Oh, I'm just like, man, yeah. they have such nice hair. Corbin has beautiful hair. For I would kill to have hair that looked like the, uh, either one of y'all. From, from what I occasionally see on the, the social media. Um, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lutos, they are, uh, they are a beautiful human being outside and in. Look at that. Oh yeah. Anyway, and uh, Lux um, brings up a good point. A lot of people, I don't, I honestly really respect people that just wear fits that are from like the early '90s, just period pieces that they've they've sourced or scouted. I'm not. Oh, Lux, Lux, Lux is a vibe. Lux uh, is. They have the Lux is a vibe. They they've got it down. They know their. Oh vibe no shit! And Lux has sent me no. so many shirts that like don't fit her or that she just isn't into anymore, and I will never ever be able to pay her back for all the the sick shirts she's given me. I'm talking like God. old Mac Tonight shirts and stuff like. Yeah, she she knows. She, yeah, look, she knows how to she knows how to make a the curate a vibe. You know, 110 she does. Well, mm -hmm. Lunitas, I asked you if you were the type of person that shoves your music down people's throats, <laughs> or when you find art that you like and and you you know, admittedly have the same excitement that I do. Have you ever felt like a like a feeling where like you threw your pearls before swine, like maybe you showed somebody something that was really intensely special to you and then you regretted it? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times, and I feel like this is why I don't do. I didn't. I stopped doing it. But I remember in high school showing, like, discovering The Louse in the Comatorium by the Mars Sick. Volta. Sick. That's oh, what I'm talking yeah. about. 
being so yeah. blown away by it and I took it to school and I took my uh -huh. my CD Walkman yes. and I showed it to my friend and I'm like dude you gotta listen to this band man it's like mm -hmm. next level and like he didn't even listen to like the first 10 seconds until he like gave me the headphones back and I just felt so like uh, <laughs> disrespected. Oh, yeah, oh that's like, terrible. Those like, are some other how, Texas yeah, homies. That's so you, I'd be so crestfallen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, what that feels like. Oh yeah, that that that's a. I mean, that's a Texas band. You know, the mm -hmm. Mars Volta as well. Hispanic Texas uh, act, the Mars Volta. Also, um, were you into At the Drive-In before that at all? Absolutely. I was love like into old school. At the oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I in love El Paso. I, oh, you had to see him in right. El Paso? That's El Paso's crazy. sick as fuck. Did you know? They have it, they I think have I might have brought this up on the show El before. Paso, yes. Hawaii wow, 94 oh, is a giant at the drive-in fan. I want to say Leroy told me one time he went all the way to America one time just to see at the drive-in perform. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Lee's a great guy. Oh, yeah. I'd love to get him on the show at some point Same. soon, too. That's He's another one of the issues Aussie about timing. the time, times you know time stuff uh yeah Lee i know he would say yes oh my gosh yeah of course we've known him for he's been like one of our great oh, great yeah. friend for years i mean you know he he is a little quiet but i think we could probably open him up i yeah i, I know lee pretty well i get we get him talking i'm sure you do as well we get him talking oh for him, sure you know. um uh that um yeah no uh, at the drive-in oh i was like one of my favorite bands growing up in high school that was uh Same. love <laughs> at the drive-in i mean i I got uh, in casino out and was just like, this is so good. And then I bought the Via EP after in that. In casino then, out, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then Via was at the EP, and then of course Relationship with Command after that. And, ah, they were so fun live. What a, were what you ever a fan band. of uh, an Explosions in the Sky? Yeah, yeah. That's I, another I Texas band. Yeah, they're yeah, in Austin pretty, all the time. For sure. That what's Very that cool. one album that everybody likes? Um. I want to say it's called Birth and Death or something, or I don't know. Uh, it's the white one with all the, the the wording all over it. Correct. Damn it, I'm going to have to one. look this up. Shout out iTunes. I uh, Funny story, I told you I used to live in Central Texas. I actually met the person that did the artwork for the cover of um, the second album, uh, the one where they had that conspiracy, Those Who Tell the Truth Shall Die. Mm -hmm. He stayed in my little... Hampton Inn. Uh, the one you're talking about is called um, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place. Yes. Yeah. Classic, classic explosions in the sky. That's like the entry point in my opinion. I had to ask because that was, yeah, that's like baby's first post-rock. Um, and uh, being <laughs> Texas-based. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect. I love explosions in the sky. I mean, I mean yeah. And they're a lot of fun one. to see that's, live. That, there's a reason they're, they're baby first post-rock is because they're so fucking good. You know what I mean? I didn't mean that to be mean. <laughs> I just meant no, that, you know, that, like, you know, Radiohead is usually baby's first experimental music, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Sick as fuck. What are some other... Um, some Billy Valentine is baby's first, you know, shoegaze There music, you go, right? right? That's, that's it should be slow dive. Name, they, it's the best one, but it's only because it's, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's the first you, you're you like my Bloody Valentine more than slow dive, huh? Or ride? Me? Yeah. Um, me? Yeah, you. Oh, boy. My illustrious co-host. Let me think about that. Do I like Suvaki less or more than the My Bloody Valentine album? Um... I gotta say, like, I really like my Bloody Valentine a lot. I might, I might like them more than other 
Baby's first shoegaze band, but I still like it. I think I think I still like oh, it. Oh man, Lux just like said she just heard like... Kid A in full, and she was not impressed. Well, I don't know. Maybe you need to hear Kid A. It's kind of tough to hear Kid A later. You're so gracious life. and forgiving. Who me? Yeah. I'm gracious and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. Okay, okay. great. Just like phenomenal. Kid A. Oh come on. All right. Uh, okay. What are the questions we have for Lilitas? <laughs> oh, somebody going. had somebody had something good a while back. Uh, what was it? I want to say it was. Oh man, uh, I'll find it later on. I guess. People geeking out about Radiohead. No, actually, everyone's shitting on Radiohead now. Great. Um, <laughs> what is a cringy behavior in the music scene? Any music scene that you wish would stop. When, when a producer is kind of like butthurt that, or like when a producer is butthurt and is tweeting their feelings on their social media about how, you know, a certain label did not, did not get them in, in their label or, or just when oh, producers yeah. are are complaining how the scene isn't how they want it. I feel like that's always, that yeah. always makes me cringe. Damn, it son. makes me cringe a little bit too when like a producer, like when things don't Fair. work out, when they're not immediately recognized for being brilliant or how they're getting the credit that they think that they should be getting. And they're like, thank you. you know, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? How come I keep this happen to me? How come that happened to me? And in your head, you just want to be like, bitch, that happens to all of us. That's happened to all of us. You know, yeah, we all, we're not particular. that special. I was telling I, I Lux remember. the other night, I feel like I've been screaming into a void for, like, years, and then finally I met some people that, like, understood and wanted to listen, so... Man, I mean, you gotta bump your head against the wall by yourself for a long time sometimes. For sure. And also, if you're in the vaporwave scene, you're probably still getting a lot more listens and a lot more attention and making a lot more friends than, like, people in 90% of other music scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you true. want to see how bad it can get, just go on your Facebook pages, like, lo you know, you're the local music scene Facebook page for, like, your local, you know, your local city, and, like, see how well those guys are doing. See how well, see how much those guys are struggling to get anybody to listen to them or to make any friends or to make any connections that are, like, of, of any value. You know what I mean? Like, you'll go to your, go to your city's Facebook local, you know, bands, local band, like, you know, hub, you know, like, you know, like, this is like the, the Philadelphia local scene Facebook page and like, just see how hard it is, how hard it really can get out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> that and like, and, like, the, and then, like, the other thing about like being in Vaporwave is that, you know, you're exposed to all these different people doing interesting things, so you, by just the very nature of being in the scene, begin to become like a little bit more of a, uh, a sophisticated curator of music a sophisticated curator of imagery and sounds you know what i mean like you're you're not ta you're not terribly tacky but like if you're just in your local music scene and it's kind of like just you and like <laughs> your friends and your band like you know and you make like a music video like it really looks doesn't look very good or your album art isn't very good or your sounds are very poorly produced because you have no contemporaries around you you know what i mean it's not even a reflection of like how good or bad you are as an artist it's the fact that like you know, when you work in a vacuum and you don't have other people working around you doing different things and like that you can look at and compare yourself against, like you just like you end up making some tacky shit. You know what I mean? Like it ends up being some tacky shit sometimes. But like in Vaporwave, like, you know, when you just log into the Twitters, the Reddits or the Instagrams or whatever, like you're just surrounded by like people who are doing some creative shit and you're like, huh, 
Like it just it absorbs into you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel so. Bad. Anyway, producers, I agree with Lunitas. Like, don't bitch so much. It's fine. You're doing okay. <laughs> like, We're all fine. struggling doing... together, man. I, I yeah, know. Exactly, I know. Twitter man. gets a lot like, of shit. <laughs> People put their their dirty laundry out on Twitter. I personally don't mind it. I think it's okay to like vent. Obviously, there's there's extreme examples, but you know, personally, I I have a really carefully curated Twitter, and I don't mind seeing people's you know people's dirty laundry. What? One time I saw a, uh, a um, very young, this was a very young and very new, newer, sample-based Echo Jam Vaporwave artist, and they said, I can't believe, you know, and, and they're like, well, I can't, you know, I can't believe they're telling me to, like, think about using real instruments. If I did that, I would never have any albums finished. And I'm like, well, Okay. <laughs> like I, I like you're like well how would I get any albums finished if I had to do it that way I'm like all right that's a bad answer for that one <laughs> like I mean everybody was 15 once yeah exactly except we weren't on the internet <laughs> can't be broadcasting like... every single thought so personally I, I try to be gracious to people obviously some takes are are really really ugly but for the most part I think a lot of people just this is new to everybody you know hmm. true that. Uh, Strip Silence had a, a question that they really want me to ask, um, and it's a it's a funny one. Um, they said, uh, "What would be on a Lunitas themed pizza?" Oh, yes. Ooh, that's easy. I'm a very simple, easy to please pizza person. I always find I, I, I just I'm just stalling. Pepperoni pizza. Oh yeah, sick. Straight wow, up. Wow, yeah, very simple. Pizza flavored pizza for me. That's All what right. pizza should taste That is like. a very tech honors answer. <laughs> I, I love the fact that this was the first question where you're like, all right, got it. All right, I got the answer to this one. Right. I know. I feel so like, bad. I've just been hitting Luis with all these hard questions. You're going to be waking up in the middle of the night tonight and be like, oh, like, man, I just figured out the answer. We're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting all night to answer this question. I know. You're going to message me in the middle of the night and be like, actually, my answer should have been this. Can you, like, fix it in post? Glad I've been waiting all night. That was an easy one. <laughs> Honestly, st- shout out Strip Silence. Uh, they just released a new album, by the way. Y'all should check it out. Oh yeah, you yeah, should. Shout uh, out Strip Silence. Yeah, you sure. should. You should drop the link to your album, homie. Please, everybody. Do, uh, everybody, check it out. Phenomenal. I want to say it just dropped today. But yeah. Um, so, uh, who do you think our, our next guest should be? Are we asking Lunitas? Lunitas? Yeah, yeah, Lunitas. <laughs> yeah. If you could have right, anybody, because yeah, uh, you listen to our show. Shout out you. Um, who who would you like us to interview? PJ Rourke. Fuck yeah! Oh, I love PJ yeah, Rourke. I, I stay geeking out with PJ. I uh, I had the wonderful opportunity to meet PJ not too long ago so in Philadelphia. For, uh, They're about seven feet tall. They're so tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very tall. Yeah. Correct. Oh, PJ's wonderful, in wonderful chat. Person. Fighting underscore PJ's island. Here? PJ's here. Really? Oh, I oh, forgot shit. that PJ goes by Fighting Island as well. Oh, yeah. you're yeah, officially invited, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. We gotta get PJ on. We gotta get. We're, honestly, we're, we're getting it. We're, I we're should read. There's, there's like, there's a queue, and like, we're part still of the reason on. that we brought you on is somebody in the anonymous chat, or not the anonymous chat, the anonymous forum said they they were like, okay, music, music, music. Bring on some visual artists, and then they the first name they mentioned was you. The second name was Sleep Pattern, and then PJ. Who else did they mention? I want to say Vapor Priestess. 
Yeah. And Ming Curry. Yeah. Awesome. Priestess yeah. Ming Curry. Oh, Ming Curry. Yeah. Ming Curry. Yeah. I did a song with Ming Curry. And also, speaking of PJ, obviously he did the uh, artwork for this guy's Smoochum song. There's this other artist. What's their name? Lord Depis. You're familiar Depis? with them. Is that like Lord Depis? I should Depis. be. Mm-mm. I, I should be. Mm. Sounds look, like I really want on, to know who this is because I'm not. Look them up on Twitter. Anyway. I think they illustrated Tupperwave's latest cool. releases. Oh, uh, and of course Justin Warden. I want to get Justin. Justin on. Warden. Justin all hell breaks loose. He's also just. I mean, I've spoken to him a few, quite a few times actually, and he's just a really funny and interesting uh, guy with very great taste and stuff. And he's got. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot to say. He's a very interesting person to talk to actually. I would actually love to get him on too. He's he's awesome. Well, we're finishing. Uh, we're coming up to our last five minutes of the show. We oh like to yeah, yeah. we like yeah. to use this moment to kind of give you the floor, uh, Luis, and let you shout out or self promote, name drop, anything, any recommendation. Tell us what you're working on. You have the floor. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's it's been awesome chatting out with you guys. Absolutely. Like I've I've been a fan of the show since day one, and I never thought I'd be part of this. Oh, it's, it's been that's awesome. That's really fun. <laughs> oh, a fan of you. And yeah, you guys are great, and I've I've been having a blast chatting it up here. And as far as promo, you know, just check my music. I'm on lunitas.bandcamp.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Lunitas Dreams. Um, if you want to commission me for some work. You know, hit me up in those we DMs. We will be in talks. We can chat it up. Absolutely. I'm always. I'm currently open for commissions. So oh, feel free to oh, wow! You guys are be here because I know how you, I know how busy that you get. So guys, just take note: commissions are open right now, and who knows how long they'll be open for before they get just completely swamped. Right. Yep. And feel free to reach out, and I'll be happy to respond back. And that's all yeah, I got. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. Um, if you want to drop the link again to your Bandcamp, that'd be super cool. Uh, unless Lux is already on it. Uh, my phone just died, so I'm out of oh, the chat. Oh, damn. But... Sorry. Good thing the, uh, <laughs> good thing the show's almost it. over. Let me drop that for, uh, for Luthos. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, I do believe there is a show coming up here pretty soon for you, right, Chris? Um, there is a show coming up for Terminally Chill, Chill NorCal. Yeah, absolutely. And that is going to be January 7th, Friday, and it will feature, uh, obviously, uh, the wonderful, extremely talented Fanta Cat managing the party, but also our dear friend Trucks Passing Trucks, Alex, will be there. Once again, this is maybe, I feel like this is like the third time that those, that they've like, that the uh, Virtual Plaza and Terminally Chill NorCal, like, crew have. Oh, he's a shoe-in. So fucking cool to me. Uh, so uh, trucks passing trucks, and also uh, Earth Boy Advance. You know the the other man behind the scenes over at um, uh, you know over at Virtual Plaza uh, and um, I'm sorry, Virtual Memory. And uh, then also a uh, special guest uh, in our chat right now. Ba 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 ba. In rail. Da, one da, of da. our mods, good friend. One of our mods. One of the Past most guest. talented. One of the most Rose talented and unique in producers rail. in the in the vaporwave scene. In rail. We'll be there too. Did I mention? Everyone knows how to throw a goddamn also, party. I, did I also say one of the most fun? Let me add that too. Uh, we'll be. I'm so excited. I wish I could be in Davis, California for this. Same. I am like so jealous that Same, I bro. I cannot fly down 
to see this, but obviously it is in the capable hands of my co-manager for Turn Really Chill, Fantacat. So it is going to be a phenomenal time, a really fun dance party. Um, check it out. It's going to be at Sophia's in Davis, California, 129 East Street, uh, Friday the 7th, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Do attend. Perfect. Bring your Vax card, 21+. plus. Rest. And then also, I have uh, obviously, uh, you know, the album by my side project, Polymath Vampire, is finished being mastered by the inimitable Fire Tools. They just mastered it and engineered it for me. And I think I mentioned this enough times, but it also features collaborations between myself and Donor Lens, Winter Quilt, Golden Living Room, Tower of the Sun, and Hawaii 94. Amazing. Can't that wait for that to awesome. drop. Can we talk about the fact that we got followed on Twitter by Anthony Fantano, by the way? I think that must have been because we had just had Keith and Keith on. And Probably. And just reviewed Keith's, uh, Keith's album, uh, the Death Dynamic Shroud album by Keith. Yeah. So, love him or hate him. Uh, and then Fire Tools was, was, was on earlier, Fire too. Fire so as well. Maybe he yeah. got wind. Uh, maybe he's checking out. Maybe he's checking out what's going on here. And he I, figures, I'll take uh, it. Hot Takes has got, like, uh, you know, like a, uh, a nice little... Uh, Little conduit into that world, little, little window, little window into this niche, into this fun little <laughs> world we've all got going on here. I've got a, uh, I've got a batch of uh, freshly pressed holographic Young Shiro stickers that I'm just itching to get rid of. Uh, made a big social media post about the design, obviously that uh, DS dude did for me, uh, featuring the Final Fantasy Shout VII Daniel. Meteor. Shout out Daniel with the vinyl record instead of the Meteor. Uh, they're about yay large. They are absolutely free. All I need you to do is DM me if you want one. But we're having a little raffle. On the uh, at the end of last month's episode, I, or not last month's, two weeks ago, I mentioned that Lux gave me a very special birthday gift where her and Yovozal had a VHS tape pressed of a 30-minute outrun synthwave DJ set that I did for a Vapor Space and Rosewood joint livestream event called Worldwide Wave that happened over the summer. Uh, 30 minutes of OutRun Synthwave with visuals by Luxury Elite pressed to VHS, and there's one copy that Lux and I don't have that somebody is going to get in their mailbox. So if you want to donate, for every dollar you donate, you get entered into a drawing in two weeks to see who's going to get this third copy of the VHS. I'm going to drop my PayPal and my Venmo in chat. And if you, you don't have to donate, if you want a sticker, it is free. Just DM me your address. But if you want to donate, you get entered into that drawing. And you might just get a piece of history. And I better not see it on Discogs. Other than that, um, we got a very special episode coming up for y'all in two weeks. Oh, yeah. We are going Explain to have... This. Guys, you're going to want to pay attention to this right you're now. You're going to want to tune in in two weeks because we're going to have I don't a... Oh, no. Uh, let, me, let me also preface my thing. Like, this was... Um... This was like a developed. This this concept was developed by Isaac, and um, who else kind of like helped you develop this idea? Uh, I have talked to lots of people. It was like, that it, was were like a, it was like I think like I think like Kevin and Kevin, John, a couple other people really, that I can't remember. I, Kevin and John seemed, from what you said, me seemed to be the ones that really you, Kevin and John, were the ones who kind of really came up with this idea. Kevin, Kevin and John, John's mostly a, Kevin, this casual. And uh, yeah, okay, really. So this was like I couldn't believe the the thing. This is uh, 
Just to say that this is uh, ambitious is an understatement. <laughs> so go ahead. So in, you guys are going to want to tune in uh, in two weeks. That's January 17. We're getting started an hour early, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 8 Central, 9 Eastern. Why? Because we're going to have every single guest from the first 20 episodes on a retrospective Hot Takes episode. I got everybody on shifts and we're going to be bringing in the only person who hasn't talked to me yet is Tech Honors, but I'm sure he'll answer is if he'll get back. To yeah, us. he'll get back to us. Uh, y'all, 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 tell Tech Honors please answer my messages. Anyways, we're going to have everybody. Please answer the messages to shut Isaac up about. Yeah, to shut to Isaac up. We Isaac are going to have everybody on. Okay. So you're going to want to tune in. We're going to have Luxury Elite. We're going to have Mesh. We're going to have Fire Tools. We're going to have Golden Living Room. Uh, we're going to have Equip. We're going to have Christ. We're going to have FM Skyline. We're going to have the Wizard of Loneliness. And, of course, all of our friends, Pacific Plaza, Groovy Kaiju, uh, Mist. iClick, Chlorine Mist is going to be joining us as well. Along Giant with, Claw, uh, Keith. Giant Claw, Indy Advent, uh, Lunitas. Indy Advent. In the, uh, in the uh, pre-roll, mm-hmm. Lunitas agreed to join us. Uh, y'all are not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be chaotic, but it's going to be balls-to-the-wall fun. Three hours January 17, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 Central, 9 it's Eastern. Gonna be a, that's going to be a fun green room. Indy is you know going to be mean? there. With a, it's going to be a fun green room that day, you know, in the Discord chat. I don't know how it's going to go. But like all, I, everyone has like 20 people. Uh, 22, I don't even know how many people we have. God damn guys? it. So technically 22 because we had iClick, which was in Rail and Will. Oh, iClick, And then yeah, we had Vapor yeah. Space with Sound Market. So yeah. Uh, everybody, oh, that's right, yeah. Ronnie, Vapor Space. Jesus fucking Everybody is consented. Uh, just gotta, just gotta get my boy to, to to hit me up. Anyways, enough about that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you being here, Lunitas, above all. I appreciate yes. you all. Thank you for having me. I appreciate. I appreciate oh, you more than you know. I appreciate my co-host, Doctor Chris. What are you doing? Appreciate, is that a... I appreciate you guys. Okay. It's a vape. It's, it's a, vape. a vape. Okay, man. gotcha. It's He's just, got a flashing vape a, in his hand. Yeah, cut me some slack. All right. Um, just thank you, chat. Thank you for all the new viewers for for tuning in. Thank you for all you regulars for being here as well. Don't forget, guys. Invite your friends to tune in. We we need help with promo. We appreciate the community we built around the show. Drop a, a Twitter link. Put it in your Facebook. Put it in your Discord servers. Invite a friend. Uh, and then we'll have this episode up on YouTube and in uh, podcasting services within a couple days. Shout out, of course, to Indie Advent, DS Dude, and Lux Elite um, for regular absolutely. regular technical expertise. I don't know if they are streaming over at Utopia District right now, but I'm going to go ahead and roll the ad, and we're going to raid Utopia District just in case they have something going on, because they usually do. Um, but good night. We love you guys. And tune in in two weeks for the mega episode. See y'all then. All right. That's a hot take. That's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The the insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. (laughs) No, goddammit. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like... Don't touch my records. Ever.